Aliens on the border. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found. Faster than light, spaceship of the future. By direction of the President of the United States, stay in your home. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Born in that swirling inferno of radioactive dust, there is no word to describe them. We may be witnesses to a biblical prophecy come true. Why is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? Is this the human race of the future? Grab your motherfucking snifter glasses and pour something dark. Oh shit! I always forget to do that. My bad. Again. Um, yeah, man. Welcome to the podcast, George. What was your name? I'm sorry. Raul. Raul. <laughs> My bad. I'm bad with names, dude. I'm sorry. Don't blame me. And uh, thanks for coming out, dude. Um, y'all brewed this beer. It's tasty. I see what you meant about the carbonation. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you can taste the carbonation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I like the flavor, though. I'm digging it. This is, uh, what'd you guys brew this with? Um, straight pale malt, which is just your base malt that's found in every beer. Um, coffee malt and chocolate malt. So really, really simple. Uh, we don't go too crazy just because we're still, you know, refining our technique. Um, so we use very basic ingredients. We don't go too wild just so we know, you know, if something goes wrong, we can kind of pinpoint where we went wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you guys haven't gathered by now, they brew beer. This is, uh, how many beers have you brewed in total with this one? I think we're rounding off around 20 to 25. We haven't really kept track in terms of like how many we, we've done. We have notes on what we've done, but if, I mean, if we were to go back on our notes, mm-hmm. We know exactly where we're at, but it's not something we've gone back so yeah. too often. So what got you guys into brewing beer, dude? Well, okay. I'll start with, I saw a video on YouTube years, years ago, and it was on uh, some brewery, their, their come up, like a documentary, and I thought it was so cool. Can you bring the mic a little closer to you? Oh, yeah. My bad. Just pull it toward you. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. So I saw a YouTube video on, I think it was Big Tree Brewing. And uh, about their come up and, you know, a whole documentary of how they, you know, rose to such success. And uh, I have this really, I would say, annoying habit of seeing something or someone's craft and being like, I could do that. So I just stayed with that thought, though. And uh, when I met my girlfriend, she was in a, a craft beer and she's like in this local craft beer group. And so surrounding myself more with that um, just kind of really persuaded me to, you know, want to do that just to see if I could do it. Damn, dude. That's pretty yeah. intense. George, what was your journey I, like? I mean, and I started drinking craft beer a couple years back. I started drinking craft beer. I started experimenting with what I was, like, willing to try. You know, when we start drinking, we start drinking with your everyday, your, your national, your your large beer. Everybody knows, you know, but lie, but wiser. Um, but I lived in San Antonio for a bit, so when I'd go out, I'd be wanting to try local beers, beers that were available that I'd never seen before. I'm like, hey, let me let me try some different. Um, I think the, one of the first like uh, artisanal beer that I tried was some. I've never found it again. I found it like at HEB in San Antonio, and it was um uh, a prickly no a ginger ale like a ginger beer beer with a ginger flavored in it. And you know, most of the time you never hear about beer served over ice. And this one, when I got the cu- the the can, it said. Uh, serve over ice. I'm like, okay, I'll try that. It was like a four pack, twelve bucks for a four pack. 
poured it and the flavor was amazing. And I didn't know beer could taste so so different. And then once I was back in Laredo, uh, we, we started linking up, we'd hang out. Um, we started talking about beer, his girlfriend, we started, and then I think... Yeah, so I was at Target with my girlfriend and I didn't even see it. She pointed out, like, look, there's a, a brewing kit. And immediately I just sent him a picture, like, we go half-half, and then it just really just spiraled out of control from there. <laughs> Heavily. Yeah. yeah. So we started with a one-gallon starter kit. Yeah, a lot of our previous batches, we went through a lot of them just because it was one gallon. And um, in brewing, there's going to be a lot of loss in the procedure. So that one gallon, we lost maybe like a quarter of it. So the rest of it was to enjoy. And it's, I mean, we can down, we're going to down basically that volume today. Yeah. So Damn. That was How much did y'all bring with you in the... Uh Growler, right? Yeah, it's um, I'm not sure how much I, it is. I don't know the volume. Yeah, we don't, I don't know. I could probably check them out. Do you, Do you guys have like when you're finished with the brew? Does it? Do you guys know how to tell like what's the percentage in the beer? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> that's kind of like what we're we're battling right now, which is called like uh, your efficiency when you create the product. Basically, you start you start off with a, a let's say just ten pounds of grain, and uh, your efficiency is how much of uh, that sugar you can pull from that grain. And uh, the difference from, uh, I don't know if you want to pull up a picture of a hydrometer. Yeah. So we'll basically taste, we'll, we'll test the density of the unfermented beer, which is called wort. We'll, te- we'll test the density of it there and then post-fermentation. And that change will tell you exactly how much alcohol. I think this one's a 5.8. So oh, okay. this like, one, I brewed it. Uh, I, I think I'm biased when I brew because I brew for beers that I would enjoy. So it's very sessionable beers. So... I didn't go heavy on any malts, so the coffee's not overpowering, and the alcohol's not overpowering, so you can crush these like like nothing. Yeah, it, and that's what I was going to tell you. I was like, uh, what style of brew this specifically? Uh, I was aiming a sweet stout, so that one has, like I said, a pale malt, chocolate malt, coffee, coffee malt, malt, and uh, lactose in it, so it has a fuller body. Uh, also oats, so um, the oats and lactose are for a little thicker, more viscous mouthfeel, mm-hmm. and just give you like nice, uh, just sweet, um, I guess aftertaste, lingering taste. And what I was going to say was that like it, it has the flavor of it, but it's not very heavy like other stouts that you may find. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very much into like heavier stouts, like mm-hmm. fucking Birthday Bomb and Imperial Stouts, and mm. I had the one that they had at Cultura recently. It was a uh, fuck. What was it called? God damn it, I forgot what it was called. But it was like a ten percent one, and it was actually pretty good. But um, I like this one, dude. It's very like easy. You're not gonna get drunk off your ass with two. Yeah. You know, and like with these other ones, like if you're not careful, like we brought some. Well, I didn't bring any, but a friend of mine from Austin brought some that was called a full grown pastry chef, and that one was fucking good. It was like a chocolate raspberry, chocolate raspberry stout. It was so good. And uh, we did like a beer tasting episode that night, and we were just trying a bunch of different ones. A couple of people that I had on, my co-host that's not here right now, and another friend of mine that has his own podcast, they got really fucking smashed like super quick. <laughs> so at the end, it just yeah. it turned into mayhem, and we were like, ah, fucking arguing and shit. But this one is like very laid back, very smooth, and uh, damn, dude, like I feel like if it was if somebody gave this to me like at the bar, I would have been like, damn, like you know, this is. I could I could tell that like you guys put work into it, and um, I don't know. I feel like if you, I mean, I don't know. It tastes good overall, but I feel like, like do you guys feel that if you refine it just a little bit further, it's better, or is, or is this like I don't know? Do you know, like not not necessarily I, final product. I think well, yeah. I think everything I brew is always uh, 
up, up up to modifications. Yeah. The thing is that it's still very good though. Because oh, the, the thing I guess what really mm, confuses me more every brew that we do is that I'm always adding something else to the procedure and something more to you know like streamline our our production. So every time, like, there's always this new variable I put in that it's like, did it change the beer or did you know did it mess up our procedure that we already did? So, in a in a way, like, I'm the ironic thing is I I really don't love beer. I, I'm not the one to like sit and just slam beers back. I uh, I, I enjoy um, experiencing beers, um, and I love brewing. So that's that's the the weird thing. So the process um, is more your game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I feel like all my brews are they could be way better. But I think that's just that's just me being. I feel like yeah. this one's very very good though. Like it almost reminds me of um, fuck what was it called? Um, they brewed Devil's Backbone. They have their own coffee porter. I forgot what the fuck the brewing company is. Nah, we're we're terrible with names. Like yeah. there's only like a select few. I see a label maybe uh, breweries that we start. Um, God damn, dude! I forgot what the name was. And it, it's like they're one of the bigger ones. But anyways, it, it reminds me very much so of like their coffee porter. And then just like towards the end there, you have like a little bit of just chocolate, mm-hmm. some oatmeal, and I don't know. It's just, it's fucking nice. And I, dude, like the way I got introduced into craft beer was actually one of my, one of my homies that is a manager at this place that rhymes with Jalamo. And um, <laughs> he, he was the one that got me into it. And he was like, dude, you got to try all these fucking beers. And I was like, whoa, bro. Like. At the time, I think as deep as I would go into the rabbit hole, it was like, oh, let me get a fucking blue moon or like a shock tile. Oh, yeah. fucking cool, right? And then um, one night we were hanging out and he was like, nah, man, you're drinking that bullshit. I got you. <laughs> and he, so he was like, here, try this. And it was some fucking crazy. I don't even, to this day, I don't remember what it was. I'm sure it was somewhere in this, because it was super dark, but like red almost. It had like some notes of like licorice and shit. And he was like, it was, it was back when uh, Specs was actually Feldman's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was probably like, what, four or five years ago now? Maybe? Yeah. And, and that was the first try that I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And after that, my brother, they he came back from like a trip with some of his homies and they had a, he, he had a cooler. And he was like, dude, they fucking had these random ass beers. Check them out. And that was the first time I tried a chocolate stout. And I remember distinctly because I was like, this fucking tastes like chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just knock them back. Yeah. Next thing I knew, I was drunk off my ass. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about craft beer, though. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't expect that or when you're new to it, you don't. I mean, I'm pretty sure I never, before I started drinking beer, or craft beer particularly, I didn't look at ABV. I yeah. wasn't checking the alcohol content. But um, Don't mind me, I'm just fixing the camera. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, so we, I mean, I, I would never check that. Like, if can anyone tell me, like, unless you're into craft beer, drinking beer, like, you're, you don't look at how much, like, Bud Light, but what your has in ABV. You, I don't, think, you don't check those I things. I think the out. only time I'll check ABV is when, the the booze really hits me from like an imperial style and be like whoa yeah. how much does this have? <laughs> so I could chill out for it you know yeah because I mean some of them you drink them especially those the imperials you'll you'll fake you'll taste it you'll you'll have it they're like super flavorful yeah, they're yeah. flavorful but at the same time like I feel like you have like the sugar remnant still within the the beer so when you're drinking it you can tell the, the within the viscousness and like the um, I think it's like the remnants of the sugar, right? Like the priming sugar type of Probably, deal. yeah. Like, I feel it like you taste the alcohol. And, I mean, was it, I'm not sure what beer we drank that it was like an 18%. I'm not sure. Especially when they're barrel aged. Yeah. Or like, with Dude, the or anything. Yes, man. I had a, and I've told you about this one before, but I had a, a brown ale from Dogfish Head that was barrel aged. 
And it was actually aged in Palo Santo Marron barrels. It was fucking crazy. It tasted so good. And it was like, I think, 12 or 13%. So it only came in like a four pack. Mm. God damn, dude. That was fucking, fucking yeah, super good. They, they light you up. That's like, it's fun though, because you're tasting a, a way different flavor profile for a beer. Um, but yeah, those you gotta be careful. Super <laughs> careful. I'm glad they only sold it in a four pack, bro. I don't know what it would have done if it was more than that. Yeah. That's. That one, Dogfish Head has had some of my favorite brews, dude. Like, oh, like the one twenty minute IPA. Yeah, the the one tw- the one hundred twenty minute IPA was a little bit too bitter for my taste. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I I, I like the ninety minute one. Um, I really like their ancient ale, the Midas Touch. I don't know if you ever had that one. I don't think I've. Tried that one's that. super super good. It's kind of, it's kind of based off of like a, a mead almost. Okay. Yeah, the, I don't know. They might still have it at Specs. I got it a couple of times from there. I got the the Palo Santo Marron one and that one. Um, on the same night, and next thing you knew, I was like, "Damn!" I had I was fucking feeling some type of way off of just two, <laughs> like one of each, dude. It was it was pretty crazy, yeah. Super super good. And then um, through that homie of mine though, that I was telling you about, that kind of got me into the whole craft beer scene. He he had me try um, the Prairie Ale, the fucking birthday bomb one, and oh, that yeah. ever since I tried that one, that's been like my fucking. Yeah, that's the top of the top. That's my number one. And uh, d- d- when Black Panther came out, they also had I don't want to say it was a stout. It was uh, a porter from uh, this brewery from San Antonio. Fuck, what was it called? Weathered Souls Brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had one that was called uh, Long Live the King. Yeah, Dude, I tried that. that was really good. It was yeah. fucking good. I mean, they was even it tried it with uh, like as a beer float. It was so good. Dude, I bet, man. It was just amazing. And I remember like. It, not that many people were drinking it, and one day, like maybe a month or so after Black Panther had been out, I went and I was like, "Yo, pour me some of that." And they're like, "E, we had to tap it. We had to like drop it." So they had like a private party or whatever. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be disclosing this information, but <laughs> no, never mind. but they <laughs> they allegedly had some sort of private party and they fucking finished it there. And I was like, "Motherfucker, that was that was the fucking shit." Dude. I like that one, yeah. The, oh, you know what? This one actually oh. kind of reminds me of a Roundabout Midnight. It has like right yeah. as right. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, didn't, I never thought of that, but yeah. And yeah. I've had that one quite often. That's like my go-to when I go to Alamo. Yeah, it's like a staple. Like boom. Yeah, I, I can have that. Yeah, it's very chill. Nothing you, aggressive. Yeah. We were at the weather was like two weeks ago. No, last <coughs> no, last, two, week. last week. Yeah, we went on a quick uh, trip to San Antonio and we made a stop. But I mean, we we love trying. We love trying new beers. We love going to breweries. I actually, even though we've been brewing for what like two over two years at this yeah. point. It's the first time we've gone to a brewery together. Besides, real shit. Yeah, yeah, it's the first. Our schedule's time. always messed up, and we stop. Uh, we stopped, unfortunately, brewing for maybe a good four or five months, maybe because no, it was closer to a year. Because I went like back to school. Year. Oh, okay, so, like, okay. My schedule was all over the place. You know, working full time. So, unfortunately, like we couldn't. So all my just all my stuff was just there and just kind of teasing me. But um, we would have had more under our belt. But just I mean, we're as soon as I stopped school, just boom, back at it. Back at it. Back and at it. This is the one. Yeah. Dude, when George was telling me about that shit at work, I was like, ah, fuck, let me get it, let me get it, let me get it. Like, as soon as I, he told me y'all were, um, you know, going brewing the stout, I was just like, that's right up my motherfucking alley, dude. Like, I want that. Well, actually, um, there, my thing is, I've been wanting to enter a competition, and was are all in San Antonio, Austin. So, I think they're, I think, well, I hope to enter two competitions. Uh, they're really close to each other. Um, but the category I want to uh, enter is an imperial stout. So. I'll make sure to save you some for that because yeah. we are going to do that. Fuck yeah, that's badass. And I, um, at 
Do you like go to Cultura at all? Often? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my two go-tos are um, either Alamo or Cultura. Yeah, because they always have dope-ass beer selection. Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing about yeah, it. Yeah, for real. That's, that's the reason why. I think sometimes I'll just go to Alamo and not even watch a movie, just go to the bar. I do that, yeah. No, Couple we do beers. that all the time because yeah. like, we, we ride, we, we have motorcycles, so we ride. And every so often we're like, hey, let's cruise. We'll cruise around town for a while, and then we're like, let's get, let's get a beer real quick. And we sh- Alamo, stop by, like I said, not even a movie. Sit down, get a flight, get a beer, and just one super chill, and then head back out. And uh, fucking um, the reason I brought that up was because Cultura, when they did the grand opening for their new spot, they got to brew their own fucking uh, their own beer. I, I Carbo? I have from Carbo. Right? Yeah. Did you try it? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't try that one, dude. I didn't get to try it either. I was pretty sad. I got I, that was something I was looking forward to, but I don't think I was in town when they did like the grand opening. And I was like, motherfucker, that's fucking one. I, I think I so wanted much. to make it. I, I don't think we made it. No, the one I did try though was in the beer fest. I know they made a cask especially for Cultura. It was like, it was an Imperial Stout. I tried that one. Oh shit! Okay, yeah. I know that they. I don't know, man. Cultura has been pretty good at just bringing in new shit and always pushing the forefront. Whether it's like even even not just outside of beer, but like as far as just the, I don't know the the new it's scene. A vibe, yeah. yeah, the new vibe in Laredo. It's like. They're at the forefront of that shit, and I really fuck with them heavy. No, yeah, it's a lot of fun though, because it, it's it's a uh, it's opening the doors for more art, more different types of arts. That exposure know. to different things we're not used to. Yeah, and Definitely. that's the best thing, like being able to have a, a place for local artists to show their work, uh, present themselves, uh, like the music. Uh, they have the upstairs with the art. I think they even had a a, a homebrewing thing that you went to, right? Yeah, they they oh, do yeah. some at a. Cafe Dolce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there, so they had the the first meeting a while back. It was um, with. I think I worked. That's why I couldn't go. Yeah, you, you had to work, unfortunately. But I was able to make it. Met up with a couple other local brewers, and you know, got to we got to hang. We 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 were heading it in the works, like to want to have a brew session together, so everybody can, can can work on it together. Like if some people that have less or more experience, we get to share that and and grow. I mean, and I think that I think I, th- I was really looking forward to more of that. I don't think we've. I don't think they did it again. No. Yeah, I don't think we had. They've had another meetings, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, not that I've heard of. Yeah, because that was that was yes. probably about a year ago or, or so, like mm. a good eight months minimum. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think the the last time I spoke to Chris from Cultura, he he had brought that up, and I was like. Bring some beers from people that brew, dude. Fuck it, dude, just yeah, have them here. Cool. Yeah, we we've been kind Showcase. of spitballing, like um, maybe making a club or something. Just because um, I'll see some of the San Antonio clubs and they're doing a lot of things like together, and it, it would be cool, you know. Just and then that also um, exposes Laredo to like a different art and stuff, and you know that that's how you grow the brewing aspect of it. What goes into like a brewing process? Like, where do you guys? How does it work? Uh, well, it starts, I guess, with just spitballing. Um, I'll just say, like, what, what do you want to brew next? And, uh, and, and it's a crazy thing. So the best thing about it is how much we really enjoy brewing. Honestly, like, we we get to kick it. We're brewing. And we're, the like, I, the reason I say it's the best part is because it's, it's work. Like, we're there in the sun. We're going through the elements. We're trying to make things work. But, I mean, we're not even done with the one we're doing. I think it's the first time we haven't talked about what to brew next. Yeah. But we had a brew session today. So our brew session today ran extremely long uh, for a couple of reasons. But that's the best thing about it is that when we're already brewing, for example, today, today we're drinking, we could be drinking the beer that we brewed last. 
But while we're drinking one, this one, yes, okay. Exactly. So okay. we're drinking this beer. We're making a new one, and we're already thinking about the next one. So we got like three beers, uh, three beers that we're drinking, making, and, and thinking about next. And unfortunately, we haven't talked about it yet. But yeah. we, had, I mean, last time we discussed, well, I mean, this one in a different type of beer. Yeah. But I mean, we. That's the best thing about it is like so we we put like two three weeks of thought into it minimum. Uh, where we discuss what we want to try to go for, you know, what kind of what style of beer, a stout, yeah. goza, a sour, a, um, a pale ale, a, a, an IPA, a, whatever it is that we want to go for, and like, okay, so what do we want to do with it? Uh, for the most part, like we mentioned, we we've been sticking to fairly um, not too complicated, just because we want to do refine our process. We want to make sure we don't have too many variables that we that can affect. And being like, if we change recipe and then we change process, mm-hmm. yeah. it, all of that can affect the process, uh, the final product, and we're not gonna know where where we messed up. So and this and this recent one um, was, I think my, I was most satisfied just because uh, we upped our equipment. So instead of um, fermenting in glass or plastic, we uh, were fermenting in stainless steel. So a lot of, um, not that it's of lesser quality to ferment on glass or anything like that, but it's it's uh, safer and it's um it's uh, it's a better quality, you know. Uh, more, you get a it's more, more refined controlled product. environment. That's the thing about it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the less variables we have, the more con- the more we can control temperature or equipment. Uh, we're able to, you know, not ignore it or forget about it, but just know we're not worried about it not coming out right because, um, you know, the the cork slipped out and we had like introduction of uh, too much oxygen. What what are different different things? But. I mean, so that's like two two weeks of three weeks of thinking about what we want to do. We order some stuff, our our yeah. ingredients, get that delivered. We're like, and we're always trying to improve our process. So, like, what what's the next thing about the process we want to improve on? We look at what we need to purchase for that, and and then after that, our brew session like today. We usually try to try to be there up early, like at eight nine in the morning, because it can run like four to six hours for the most part. Uh, we meet up, get our equipment ready, and then we start a brew session. Yeah, but the um, yeah, so it's it's basically just spitballing, like you said, um, for a couple weeks. Uh, the way we go about making a recipe, though, um, I'll usually look at it like, uh, what have people done? What have they used? And the reviews on it. So, like, uh, I did the same thing with coffee malt. I saw like a lot of um. The, the cool thing is, like, if you if somebody out there made a gallon a one-gallon batch, and they used a certain percentage of a coffee malt. And you know what? They're like, I love the amount of coffee it gave. You know, it wasn't too much. Well, then I know that I could just up their percentage to my uh, batch size, which is like five um, five gallons. Uh, so I'll just take stuff that people have done, their reviews on it, and I'll, I'll make like a, a conservative average um, in the recipe, and then we'll just go based off that. Um, like I said, we, we go really conservative with all the ingredients and stuff like that. We don't go too crazy. At least not yet. At <laughs> least not yet. I was yeah. about to say because we want to create something a base, mm-hmm. a base. Because so we we feel comfortable with a stout. But now what we, what can we do to modify this stout? Give it a different like, you know, we can think about like we had the stout previously, or was it the porter with the like with the almond and the coconut? Yeah, it was a porter. Dude, fuck, it was a porter. I we did. You, I think you told me about that one. Yeah, and I was like. Really, like, really good. where is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, so for example, that was when our with our previous setup, we had produced that as much smaller scale. So it was a gallon. Yeah, it was a gallon yeah. batch. So, I mean, with gallon with loss, we were left with three quarters of a gallon. I mean, we we downed that. That's so mm-hmm. the growl, the growler is sixty four ounces. It's half a gallon. So we're Slightly about to more. drink yeah. it. Yeah, 
We're about to drink half a gallon right now, and so that would been a, that would have been our whole batch like before. Yeah, which is the cool thing now, because the weird thing is like, I really wanted to push a, a bigger batches quick because from one gallon batches, we do the same amount of work. Maybe even it's more strenuous on us to make that one gallon and to only get like half a gallon out of it. So like, it's more beneficial to us to make five gallon batches and really get to enjoy it, give it to friends and. Have other people give feedback because that's actually what I want just to, you know, like, where did we go wrong? What, like, did we come through with what we envisioned, you know? And how do you guys, like, store it once you finish with the brew process? Like, what do you... Like where it's keg? Yeah. Where, yeah. Well, oh, it's yeah. in a keg, right, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I made... Uh, I know they sell kegerators, like, already, you know, with the tap and everything, but I just bought a, a 100... I think it was $150 at Best Buy uh, chest freezer. And uh, I just... we I just made, a like, a... A wooden collar around it and drilled a hole and put a tap so it's it's on tap oh yeah. shit okay yeah. yeah so like as soon as we make the beer it goes into a fermenter and the fermentation process takes about two so two and a half weight before it used to be a good like uh two weeks minimum to really do the fermentation but i mean now with our new setup we're from like actual brew to glass like in a good we can do it in two weeks like it's, yeah, it's gone and really it's good ready to drink so, like I said, the majority of the time that we spend waiting, it's in the for- fermenter, waiting for the fermentation to uh, process to finalize. After that, we keg it, and the kegger, the keg is in the. Um, so you can call it a keezer, keg like, freezer. Yeah, keezer. Yeah. yeah. Keg freezer. Yeah. That's so it's, cool. it's a deep freezer, mo- been modified, and the keg is in there, connected with the uh, CO two tank, and once it's in there, we'll probably leave it there for what like two days. For the carbonation process? Yeah. Well, um, I think if you leave it, like, well, we speed it up. So what we do is uh, we'll just get the keg and we'll ramp up the, the PSI and we'll just shake it to really drive the CO2 in there. But, uh, um, yeah, that's it'll, it can shorten it to, like, two, three days versus, like, if you just uh, do, like, the set and forget, it could take, like, two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, was, is there any, like, difference in the flavor of it or anything, if one versus the other? I, th- I think for ours... Uh, like I said, it was overcarbonated, but that was on me because I left the the pressure a little too high. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who I, I gave some to, and then I just left it up, so it got a little overcarbonated. But um, yeah, you can taste. There's this weird like I describe it as a boozier flavor. Mm-hmm. Like there, it's it's also it's like fooling you. Like there's more alcohol, but like I just like stir it a little more just to get it out of suspension. But there is a taste. You can definitely taste it. It is. Is this what we're drinking right now? Is it overcarbonated, or is this, did you already kind of like adjust for it there? It's decarbonated from what it was. Because okay. before, I would just like smell it and like the over the glass, and you, you could you can tell, easily tell. And, and I'm telling you, dude, like it's crazy because it literally feels like I, I don't know, like I I went somewhere, got a random like stout, and then just poured it into here. Like it's, if you wouldn't have told me that you guys rooted, I would I would have been like, what is this from? You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it's pretty fucking good. I'm not even playing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> props. We appreciate that. Thankfully, props, props, we've props. been getting good reviews. So, yeah, I mean, we've gotten good feedback. A yeah. couple of people have tried it, and, and that's what it's about, though, because, I mean, we'll drink it, we make it, so we have our own opinions because it's what we're going for. Mm-hmm. At the same time, once we present it to other people, we know what other people who don't know what we're going for. Like, majority of times, I tell them, oh, drink it. Tell me what you think. And they'll tell us, you know, my my brother just tried it today. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the best reactions I get are from the people that don't even drink beer or they're not into craft beer. They're mm-hmm. like, "Whoa, like this is craft beer," and that's actually what I was, like I was saying that I'm biased when I brew because I like to brew 
and almost like gateway beers. Yeah. Because that's actually what put me on to a craft beer is I, uh, we were at a Gus's. Oh, yeah. And I tried, here. yeah, I tried this coconut, I think, porter. And that's what got me into like liking craft the, beer. Death oh, by yeah. Coconut or what? Yeah. No. Um, it was, um, Death by Coconut's fucking good, by the way. I know, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but um, I think this one was a little more chill. It was, honestly, I guess it was just me, like, unconsciously trying to brew it. Like, yeah. That's, that's what it was. And that's the thing, like, a lot of the this beers that we make. Very balanced. Like, we, too much. We've drank something before that we liked, and, like, let's try to do something similar to it. Our own version. Yeah, our own version, of yeah. course, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, we there's a lot of um, homebrew groups online. If you search, you'll find, like, um a copycat recipe type of deal. Yeah. So you can make your own, like pretty much for any That's beer. an awesome thing. Like yeah. pe- people all over there are experimenting to be the weirdest things. If you think breweries are doing crazy things, <laughs> home brewers are doing even crazier things. Fuck yeah, I don't doubt it. And uh, that's the cool thing. They're always making what's called like clone recipes. So like the huge like uh, breweries uh, that you can think of, somebody's out there trying to make the clone. And then, I mean, that's, you know, a way for me to, you know, try to make my own version of that brew. So it, it, it's awesome, dude. Another pour? Yeah. Thank you. Another pour. Please, one more for the road. That's a good sound. Dude, I... Fuck, man. I can't... I'm hyping it up, but people, like, it's it's worth the hype, my guys. It's it's pretty fucking good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, like, kinda, I fu- it's not that we're, we're, we're hoping for it. Um, it's just good to hear that it's yeah. it's appreciated that it came out good. Like the two weeks were for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Damn, that's good beer. You can, what you can't taste the carbonation anymore. Well, like, no, yeah, like yeah. you can't. Like it just tastes good. It's a little yeah. bit more. Want some more? No, I'm, I'm good. You can stop. Top it, it off. No. Oh yeah. Fuck it. Give me a little, little something. We we also brought another beer, right? Yeah, we drank, we brought another beer there. You, oh, it's like one that you brewed? No, no like just, another another ra- just, yeah, just another just another random. Just just a drink. Yeah. Just to hang out and drink. So a lot of people, when I tell, I've mentioned it to a couple of people, you know, that I, I brew and that I, I, I brew with my, my friend here. Uh, my best friend, by the way. But yeah, it's one of the, when we, when I tell people about brewing, they're like, you must be like an alcoholic, <laughs> drink like crazy. Um, and They're right, but. Well, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> definitely right. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, we really enjoy the, the craft of it. The process, you know, we when we many yeah, people, man. you know, drink, get wake up at eight in the morning on a weekend to start yeah. doing something that we're gonna be sweating, sweating, and yeah, like we're we're beat, like when we finish, <laughs> but at the, at the very end, we're just like, you know, that it was it's worth it. Yeah, yeah it just so fun. that's the best part of it because then when we have people try it, we're like, dude, like we we were able to achieve what we were going for, and it's enjoyable. I mean, we want to make beer people can enjoy. We we want to drink it. I mean, we want other people to drink it as well. But but it's a lot of fun and I don't know that's I think the, like I was saying so he doesn't really like drinking beer he, he likes trying different beers but like I mentioned earlier he doesn't slam him and I I can but it depends what kind of mood I am in so sometimes the majority of times I'm when we drink craft beer we're we're just trying beers we we, we get them online get them delivered from out of town and how do you do that shit what the fuck well I mean you gotta have your ways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic. We have friends. Oh, that, that transport, transportation, yeah. allegedly, all that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. no, but nothing I mean, legal. Nothing yeah, legal. like we have, um, like from a, a, beer, a uh, craft beer group. Sometimes someone goes out of town. They're like, "I'm gonna <coughs> stop at this brewery. Y'all want me to bring you something? 
we'll look it up. It's like, hey, bring me, bring me a um, this beer, this beer from this crap from this brewery. And then, I mean, we're just anxious for them to get back. You're gonna be moving up to Austin very soon. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. dude. Um, try Fourth Tap Brewery if you already haven't. Try Five One Two. Also, they oh, have Five One Two. I've tried. For they sure. have the the very staple pecan porter. Fucking yeah, lovely. I've tried it. Yeah, I definitely lo- I, I like that. And if I'm not mistaken, the uh, full grown pastry chef is from Five One Two. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, I forgot. Or is it? Is that the one tap? that you say you love? There's, no, that's from uh, Artisan, the Prairie. No, that's that's the Birthday Bomb one. The, oh, the one I'm talking about is is from Austin. The the that's like a seasonal one that they do. The full grown pastry chef. The original one that's not chocolate uh, raspberry. It's just like a, a a stout. I don't know what exactly is in it. I haven't had the original one actually. It's called Full Grown Hombre. Oh okay. Yeah, but then like they did a seasonal release that uh, my friend started drinking. He was like, "Bro, I need to fucking put you on this shit." And he came through and brought like. I think he he bought like a, a six or a four pack, and we, like that that day we just fucking murdered so many different things, and it was cool because like we, um, we essentially went from like the stepping stone to like where like how our taste developed for different mm-hmm. beers and shit, and we ended up like with the full grown pastry chef was like I think the last one, if not one of the last ones, and we all brought like our own like this is like it, it was a fuck, fucking fun episode and. We got a little hammered. Yeah, I do. This, yeah. I mean, those, like that's pretty much a bottle share. Mm-hmm. Very common. A lot of people like, hey, let's get together. Everybody drink, uh, bring a beer. I mean, some people, uh, we, we have a couple of uh, uh, friends that we know that they always go out of town and whenever, wherever they go, they pick up beer. And sometimes they just hold it waiting for a get together yeah. where like, hey, let's, let's bust it out. Yeah, let's bust it out. Like we have friends. I think last time I brought a beer from, uh, a cousin of mine worked at a brewery up in New Mexico. So I told him, like, what's one of the most popular beers? Bring me a, that growler full of that beer. And he was able to bring it to me as a gift. I don't know. Yeah, as a gift from New Mexico. Uh, I, we drank it. It was, a, it was like a very Brian, strong Brian? IPA. No, it was an IPA. Was it? Yeah. I can taste, like, the toastiness of it right now. Like, it's right there. Like If you, if you let it warm up, it has, like, a, it almost tastes like a different... Beer, yeah, it has it, more coffee out of it. This this pour, I don't know if why, but it tastes it has a little bit more flavor than the first one. I don't know if maybe maybe it warmed up or something. That or maybe like the the first one kind of just washed away that the coffee had drank yeah. before. Oh, yeah, from <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now I'm getting like the a little bit more chocolate in it. Like I could like I could taste it a little bit stronger there. And yeah. it's it's god damn it, dude. I'm I love glad you guys. You, yeah, glad, I love you guys I'm for I'm doing glad this. You liked it. Thank you. The, so. You know, we had talked about being on the show from a while back, um, and I brought it to his attention. We're like, "Hey, we should do this." Like, just because we've talked about different reasons to try to grow the homebrew community, um, but we pretty much made this beer because we wanted to make it and bring it. Because you said you you didn't like you were, were really were, what was going on? It's not. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. <laughs> hey yo, no, I thought I you know, said it was a five, I, man. I thought you said my, it was a five percent. Second part of the day. No, but um, you you mentioned that you really like stouts. So we made it for to yeah. have it here today. Yeah, the whole time we were brewing it, we we're like, you know, like it's it's perfect because you know we get to be in the podcast, and then you know we get to you know show you the beer. That's bad. What do you? What's the the new one that you guys are working on that you were working on today? It's gonna be a Belgian wood beer. So um, what we aimed in the very beginning was um, citrusy, uh, very sessionable. Obviously, it's a wheat beer. Um, we added coriander too, so hopefully we get a little bit of spice on there. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, but very, like I said, very um, chill, basic, 
Yeah, it's nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy just yet. That one was more for me when when I was uh, when we were thinking of it. It was more of like a let's see if we can hit a classic style because mm-hmm. there's a obviously a breweries. I, I think now like there it's more experimental, so you don't really see too much of it going back to it's like you know the core beers. So, um, like I said, I want to get into competitions, and a lot of it it's like nailing certain classic styles because you can't just make whatever beer and you know enter it. You got you got to hit like every flavor profile, you know. So. With this wheat beer, um, what we wanted to do. So on that one, cool thing about upgrading our system is that we get to control like almost every variable. And any variable you can control in the process changes the beer. So uh, with this new beer, we're uh, fermenting it warmer. We're pitching less yeast. And what that's supposed to do, it's supposed to give you uh, your classic wheat beer, uh, highly carbonated. We're looking for some banana bubblegum. And a, a peppery note to it, so that's that's you know it, it's a simple beer, but the thing is with these simple beers and these simple like recipes, it's a lot harder for you to uh, achieve. It's so easy to mess up because you're not hiding behind like lactose, chocolate, mm-hmm. and raspberry. It's just like age. these. This is the fucking mean potatoes, and if you fuck it up, you'll be able to. Yeah, tell. exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. Like the the basic the the pasta. Just if you, if you mess up the pasta, the rest of this. Can be covered if you dress it in sauce. Some sauce, some fucking sauces, some shit, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But we, like, being able to get these classic, the most common types, not the most common, just the classic uh, beers. And, I mean, like I said, now moving forward, depending on this comes out, we'll be like, okay, now we can get that. We're going to be able to present it at uh, competitions. But then moving forward, we can use that same recipe tinker with it, try to get something different. I don't know. Have it as like a base for, you know, some little bit more experimental type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen some, you know, a hoppy, uh, more citrusy wheat beers. So, I mean, if, if we see that that brew went good, then, you know, we can experiment and make, you know, something else that we, you know. There was like. one that I, that, um, at, well, Belgians was my first love, right? Because of Blue Moon. Yeah. yeah. And, um. That's like that, that staple one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that. like very like. That's what it is. Yeah, right? it's pretty. It's a pretty good, I guess, representation of it. Mm-hmm. And um, where the fuck was it from? I don't remember. I think it might have been either when Alamo had just opened up or something that I had gotten from Feldman's before it turned into Spec. Mm-hmm. But it was from Alamo Brewing Company, and I forgot the fucking name of it, dude. It's the name of it's. God damn it, dude! I don't know, but it was like <coughs> more crisp with more flavor. Than the Blue Moon. Okay. And it was goddamn amazing. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? And, dude, ever since then, they I, I don't know if they it was just, like, maybe a seasonal brew or something, but I've never ever found it after that. And it's not the Golden Ale. The Golden Ale is, like, mm-hmm. it's okay, but it's not it's not that one. I just, I can't remember what the hell it's called, uh, This is the funniest thing, actually, and you just reminded me, because, like, majority of people that I know, or actually, I, I'm not going to say majority, but now the, the me and you, Particularly, and I think we talked about particular beers that that I know I remember and I haven't been able to find again. Like, talked about the ginger beer. And I think at, at the previous Cultura location, I think I talked with Chris about that, that I wanted, I, he had a, I think it was like a Rogue. I, was, I think the name of the beer was like Rogue. It was a triple IPA. And I remember, I think, I think you were there when I drank it. I can't remember exactly, but I remember I drank that beer and I'm like, Damn, this fucking beer is so good. I enjoy the shit out of it. I'm gonna want it again, and I was I haven't been able to find it again. I think when I talked to Chris about it, he said it was seasonal. He's like, oh, next time it comes around, I'll be able to bring it. I haven't seen it since, but I mean, 
I know it's one like like it was like your white whale of a beer. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah. you had it, and like now nah, I want to get back to that same beer again. Try to brew it. Yeah, we should. <laughs> 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 Fucking look up that recipe, boy. Yeah, because that was yeah. and that was way back then. Because that was before we brewed, I believe. Yeah, it was. That's been a while. Have you ever like looked into or or been interested in making like mead? I. Well, in one of my recent classes, I met this guy who um, is a beer, a bee farmer. I think that's the correct term. And I know he he gets a honey. bee farmer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and um, among other things, he does like everything you can think of. Um, and he was telling me that you know he he gets you know the mm-hmm. honey from there. You know, if I'm ever interested, I can hit him up for some and possibly make a mead. Um, I've tr- I've tried a couple of meads, not enough for me to say you know I like or don't like them, but you know that that would be something cool. You know, just to try to see if we can do that. That was like the most interesting man that we talked about. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he's fucking really cool. a bunch Instagram. of different stuff that he does. Yeah, man, he's just, yeah, he's crazy. Man. Jack of all trades, dude. No, I mean, he's a he's a. Yeah, I think he said um, his uh, his his dad and he are um, falconers. I think that's what you call them. Like they hunt with falcons. Oh shit! Fucking crazy, right? Yeah, that just, awesome. just that alone is like cool. Like that, yeah. I want to be like you, but he does like. I don't know. I'm fucking Genghis Khan over here and yeah. shit. I don't know, dude. That's crazy. When he first told me about <clears> that, I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, hunt with falcons. Like, he literally has a falcon. He tell him, like, pick some shit up. Like, you win. That's it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How do you fight that? <laughs> but I mean, he was a. Uh, we had talked about it. Yeah, he mentioned about trying to get us some of, some of his honey, and we had talked about like maybe we can make a, we can probably yeah. make a, a mead with it. Uh, yeah, I I don't think we can make a mead from it. Maybe we could a really small batch, but I mm-hmm. think we can you know incorporate it, and make it like a, a honey blonde ale or something like that. Yeah, well, that's true. That's what we yeah. talked about the honey blonde ale. That'd be cool. Just you know incorporate like you know local ingredients. Have you ever had the uh, oh, what the fuck is it called the uh, revolver? God damn it! It's like a blood honey something. Yes, blood orange. Blood orange, yeah. Yeah, like that, that one. one's fucking crazy. They had it on Tap de la Cultura, right? Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure they've had I it a couple of times. Can. I know they have the can. Or yeah, I think they had it. I've, I've had sure. that. That one's really damn good. Mm. Blood and honey, I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that one's crazy. It has like a, a cr- at first I was like, it almost felt like you're biting into the skin of an orange. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it had that like powerful like whoa, what That's the hell is this? Yeah. yeah, but like after a second, it's like damn, all right. And it's it's super. It's a lot better on tap versus like out of the counter of the bottle. And that's true for most beers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had one that's like the opposite? I don't think so. No, I mean either. Like majority of times when it's on tap, like you, I don't know. I think you'd always want to have a beer on tap just because you know you know it's a little more fresh. Yeah. yeah. Unless they fucking have shitty tap lines. That's true. That could also ruin a good beer. Tasting like every other beer they've ever had on no. there. Or like if it's the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's the thing. I think people don't realize that because um, sometimes people spaz out when they see some little like you know floaties in their beer. But you know, oh, the true. A lot of these craft breweries they don't filter their beer, and there's nothing wrong with it. If anything, it adds to the flavor. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, it happens. You get that sediment in the bottom. Yeah. And obviously, you know, if it's an IP or something, you really don't want any of that sediment. But you yeah, know, the bitterness really kicks, yeah. uh, packs a punch. And th- that one beer that I'm telling you about from from Alamo was an unfiltered Belgian. So you saw like all the, it was like yeah. so, like it, on the thing it was like pour into a glass so you can like, yeah. get the whole thing. But dude, I can't remember the fucking name right now. Yeah. And it's really so really bothering that, me. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, like because the pouring of a, a craft beer hafe it enhances the flavor because it 
makes the the CO two escape, and it makes you're, you're able to taste the flavor a whole lot better. Because like if you get a, a canned beer, not a lot of paper, uh, papers, uh, places do it. Your majority of times you're supposed to get it and then pour it in a cup and then drink it from the cup. It, it, yeah, I think it adds to the experience when you mm-hmm. get to pour it, just because you know there's a lot of hidden flavors and aromas that you're just not getting. True from the can because it's, it's all stuck in the can. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I like about pouring is that like, I mean, well, depending on what beer you get, right? Obviously, but so, some of the times like they look fucking badass and gold, and you're just like, yeah, that's fucking <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Yeah, being able to look at look at the beer, being able to, I mean, majority of bottles and can, I mean, cans, of course, you can't see through, but bottles are that are brown, and they they hide the beer, and so a lot of people don't look at that. It's not something people chase after. But yeah. we've we've gone for some beers that well, we made what, what was it the the East Coast IPA. You remember yeah. that? I think the first one we did was like. Yeah, that was a good one. Then we poured it and took it out on the light, took pictures of it, and it was just it was like so like a juicy look to it. It looks like you're just like, the, is that the, a beer? The funny thing about that one is that, that one was a, the, the first New England IPA we did, or like the hazy, juicy IPAs. And that one, we, we fermented it in, in plastic carboys. And, and the funny thing is, is that we tried to make another New England IPA, and we fermented it in our stainless steel uh, vessel, and it, it wasn't right. We, we, we still hadn't gotten down the procedure on using that fermentation vessel and man we had to throw that batch i mean I, you're not going to hear it even like commercial breweries do it like uh cra- um breweries but i mean we we all toss a batch here and there and yeah unfortunately but yeah, this, this one sucked i remember i'm like yeah. ah, I, can, I can fight through it i'll drink this but <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it got a flavor that wasn't what you want fuck so, that sucks so i mean we i remember the first like, i think one of the first time that you poured it it came out good and then after that it started yeah it, get ox- it got oxidized yeah that, but that's the thing uh with those type of beers that it, it, they're hard to um keep because it, it, they're easy to make but to actually limit the amount of oxygen exposure and when and the cool thing about it it was just more of a learning experience because mm-hmm. now i know what to do and i use that um and applied it to this beer I think I've only ever had one New England IPA that they had at uh, Cultura when they did that Beauty Beauty Bomb Bomb party thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fucking good. Like, I was like, what the fuck? I've yeah, never had like, that type. Because then as soon as you tell anyone that you want to try this IPA, everybody's like, no, I don't like it because it's too bitter. Uh, one New England IPA is going to be equally bitter, but it's not going to be a lingering flavor. That's like the way I usually explain it, where uh, a West Coast IPA is going to punch you with the bitterness and it's just going to stay and linger in your mouth. The New England IPA, you'll it'll hit you right off the bat, but then that that flavor will dissipate, and you're able to enjoy the rest of the flavor of the beer. That's not just a punch of uh, a punch of hops, uh, the bitterness. And there's also like um, everything in between, because mm-hmm. you still I'll, I'll I'll find some New England IPAs that are imperial, and then they'll it, it's just they have the same ingredients, they just implement them differently. But yeah, you'll have everything in between, so you'll have like a New England IPA. That's also very bitter and lingers, and you'll have some that. T- we went to Weathered Souls this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Did you try the Who's Got the Juice now? I I take no. Oh, I've tasted that one. Yeah. But yes. we, there was another one that was Who's Got the Fruit. That one tasted straight up like canned orange juice. Oh, dude, like, yes. It was insane. I was, like, was, that, I was like, like, in a good way? It's even beer? It's, it's, I mean, it's it, like it, if you like sweet beer, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucking sweet. It's like you're straight up drinking that big text. 
Uh, the fucking blue can. Oh, okay, can. yeah. Not the even picture wig. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to say that. Oh, the picture wig juice, bro. God damn. He's got the wig juice. Get a cuchillo. She's trying to get yeah. me for my wig juice. Not that it was bad, but yeah, it was no, just, it's just something, you know. It's too like, juicy yeah. for me. No, yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. literally not even like you're drinking beer at that point. Yeah. It straight up tastes like juice. I want to say maybe it was just not fermented all the way. It was like we were talking about that. We were drinking. We're like, which one is it? And yeah. there's like that big text grapefruit orange juice mix. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes. That's fucking. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, you can make a mean paloma with one of those. Eh? I bet. I mean, yeah, that's what everybody. I mean, <laughs> I've heard people use it for that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that, oh fuck. Um, what's your favorite IPA, dude? Like uh, that you've tried. One that you can. Like a hazy, juicy IPA. Just in general, uh, and the top one that you've had well, that is like, you can just have it all the time. I I think that well. The thing is, there's all these, like, breweries in, like, the, the East Coast, Northeast, that are just, you know, they're just churning out these hazy IPAs. And after a while, I like, it sounds close-minded, but I think if you've had one, you've had them all. They're just, they just tinker with them here and there, which is cool, though. Like, I mean, they, they are different, but for me, it's kind of the same. Uh, but I, ironically, the one I did really enjoy was from Cultura, and it was a Samuel Adams hazy IPA. What? It was just so chill. Like... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think I'd like it, but it was so. Again, it was more of like a gateway IPA. Like mm. it was something that you know you can give to a very accessible. That, yeah, like I mean, I'd give it to someone who didn't hasn't tried craft beer. But I think if I were to go to get that one, just because it's more accessible, I would I would get that. But I mean, like I think anything out of like the Northeast is just it's just great. Even whether it's souls, you know, they make really good hazy IPAs. George, but yeah, I, you know, actually, so. Oh, but like when we're at a happy hour, the comedy show that yeah, we're at, yeah. um, usually there they have, um, was it El Chingon? Yeah. That one's super fucking happy. You had the, uh, you didn't have El Chingon, it was Lagunitas. Well, yeah, I was drinking Lagunitas because they didn't have El Chingon. Mm. And like the bartender actually, every time I'm like, hey, how you doing, George? You want? George El Chingon? Dude, she, she knows me. Like, it's pretty funny because I'm assuming not that many people get that beer. And she said that, hi, I'm like, you have El Chingon? She's like, you know what? We had to throw him away. Something happened to him. They started popping or something. Oh shit! I, I can't remember exactly what happened. She's like, "No, we, we don't want to have it anymore." And it's funny enough when I go to happy hour, that's usually what I'm drinking, and and I can enjoy it. I'll, I shouldn't drink as many because they are heavy. And yeah, they're they're, pre- they're like what, like seven, right? Somewhere around there. I think like seven. Yeah, seven point five. They pack a bunch. Uh, I mean, I drink a sixer, and I'm like, I'm done for <laughs> I'm the Gucci, night. I'm Gucci, yeah. Like, but I, I. I'm surprised, but it's one of the ones that I drink the most, and I really, I drink the shit out of it. And that, that's it's funny enough because IPAs have such a, they're known for being so bitter. Like a lot of people really can't have them like just one after another. I enjoy the fuck out of it. So when I'm drinking there, I, that's the one I drink. But also, I don't like to repeat drinks when I go to different where different drinks. Yeah, are like available. if there's different options, you yeah, go exactly. something something so, new. And then like. Um, Happy Hour doesn't really have that much of a variety in terms of craft beer. But, I mean, that particular beer, I fucking I kill it. I think uh, one of my favorite ones is Buckethead from uh, Thirsty Planet. They, they do, like, Thirsty Goat, Buckethead, and a couple of other ones. But those are, like, the first go-to. And uh, actually, that was the Thirsty Planet Thirsty Goat. That's the first time that I had, like, an amber well, not the first time, but the one that I actually was like, oh, this is an amber ale, and it's fucking really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've always, 
wonder like why the fuck do we not have this shit here but like they don't really distribute outside of austin sadly yeah like a lot of fucking breweries yeah that's what that's why we're like we have a lot of the beers that we we drink when we're like either brewing or whenever we hang out we have beers that aren't at all locally accessible and we just drink them again we drink them because we like to try different things and we're trying to see what we want to try to go for next but um yeah i mean it's crazy how it it creates its own subculture it honestly for real like it's crazy the subculture involved in craft beer like i mean we follow a couple like instagram pages that that make fun of it because it's crazy like like any other culture people go too crazy yeah like oh wait hold on meta modern ipa from oasis brewing Metamodern. Oh, that's that. Yeah. I'm always I'm always drinking it when we brew. It's yeah. so good. I think it, they have mosaic hops, which is just like that dank, but like it's so sessionable. Biting a pine cone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I like to retract my statement. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the go to. That one. I, I think for me, it's it's a double IPA, but it's the uh, the clown shoes from uh, I mean the space cake from Clown Shoes Brew. I don't know if you I had it. Tried that one, but yeah, it's I know fucking it's good. Yeah. It's is it the, the one with the? Clowns on it, right? Well, I think on this one, it's uh, I forgot what's the cover art actually. But I, I think it's like the, it's the that, one that about. brewery, right? Yeah. They have a, all of their beers have fucking badass like uh, yeah. bottle designs and shit. Yeah, the artwork on some yeah. of these beers is crazy. Like that one, I think the, the space clown or uh, space cake. There you go. Yeah, I think it has like a they're like in a lowrider flying through space and it looks like Chewbacca and Han Solo, but it's not them. No, of course. Not, it's that type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the, that's the one. And they actually recently stocked it at uh, HEB on McPherson, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, that's one I know because it's always it's one of the ones that, it's one of the craft beers that's readily available usually at HEB. And I, th- I think I bought it once or twice and we took it like to a bottle share or something. But... um, That smell. It smells good in here. Yeah, let it warm down. You're going to taste it differently. But um, yeah, I mean that's one of the few. Like that's the other thing that I don't. There's not a beer that I don't like. Maybe a, a beer style. I, I really like trying the different type of beer styles. Like my favorite beer style is like sours. Like really? every time I can, I, I'll drink a sour because I just really enjoy it. I feel like it's such a refreshing beer style because of the bitterness, the, the sourness in it. That's my go-to. Like whenever I can have that, it's usually what I go for. And it's not always AP. It's hardly ever IPAs. Of course, depending on where I'm at, but it's usually sour. Just my go-to or sour. Yeah, I think a sour in this heat is just paired well. Yeah, we're in the right. I mean, the fucking, yeah, the fucking year-round year. sours. Exactly, right here. and that's what it is about me. I love drinking sours because that's that's what I go for. And I'm I'm not that much a fan of sours to be honest. Okay. It, I, no, I mean, it's not for everyone. Of course, it's like... Yeah, there's different beers for everyone. Different yeah. palettes. And, that's, and so that's one of the things, like, whenever I talk to people and I'm always drink, like, oh, so, like, what do you like to drink or whatever? And, like, oh, I don't like beer. Like, you don't... You don't know that because you haven't yeah, tried... Yeah, that's like, what I think, like... You've only tried Michelob, bro. You yeah, can't tell me you don't like beer. That's that's <laughs> yeah. water, son. I don't know what you're talking about. You went out about. of Lemon, we tried, like, Dos Equis, and like, oh, I don't know about that. But, like... I'll have a Corona with some lime on it. Dude, suck the neck and shit, Solid like, with the fucking... The sal and the chili. Yeah, making making out with a beer bottle in the bar and shit. <laughs> I was like, hey, downstairs. whoa, I'll have one of those, dude. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's what I try to tell people when someone, like, when... A few, like, whenever I talk, and they're like, I don't like beer at all. Like, I don't... It's because you just haven't tried... Uh, enough beers, which is which sounds like I have an alcoholic problem, but no, it's, <laughs> it's just experiencing the variety of beer styles. It's crazy, dude. And it's funny that you say that because, like, before that homie of mine that I'm telling you all that really got me into craft beer, like, he was 
I was from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. right? Like the way that we're being super enthusiastic about it right now. Be like, motherfucker, you got a drinking problem. You ain't out here trying beers. <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, dude. And now I get it. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're right. You're not, you know, it's not a drinking problem. It's just that, like, it's it's fun, tastes mm-hmm. good. Like, damn, I'm down to try beer, dude, all the time. Yeah, and then yeah. that's the thing that we enjoy so much about it. It's our hobby. Like, we enjoy the process. We like talking about it. We like ex- like coming up with an idea of, of making a different beer, a beer style, flavor, improving our processes. We just like the the art of the process. And I mean, and then the the best thing is how many hobbies. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are a lot, but it's one of our favorite hobbies because we can enjoy our result so well. And I mean, we drink the shit out of it. It's a very weird hobby that, I mean, I'm really thankful to have. It's almost like being a fucking mad scientist in the laboratory, right? It feels like that sometimes. (laughs) A bunch of Erlenmeyer flasks and shit around. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you'll see that in my house. (laughs) (laughs) You cooking meth in here, bro? What's going on? They'll be like, what's that noise? And it's it's just a little like stirring plate with like the yeast in there. Yeah. Yeah. His his parents are very tolerant of him because I always tell him, I'm like, Bro, do your parents not too? Like, you need to quit with your shit. Like, bro, you're always doing something different. And like, you're talking about like we, we're we're in the same. Uh, we have the same a- attitude about we pick up a hobby. And goes, you just goes buzz deep, bro. Let's let's see how far we can take it. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, this one has not like worn out. We yeah, because I'll do that. I'll have that impulsive like, like oh, let me try that, and then I'll go just ham. Spend a lot of money and then just leave it alone. But this one has been like honestly like my longest hobby. And I, th- I think it's because the way we push each yeah. other too, like because we, we always, keep it going. Yeah, we talk about it. We're always talking about our next step. Yeah, because there's been a like a batch here and there where it's like it's gone bad and it's like you know fuck this too, like discouraging everything. Yeah, bad. but then it's like nah, like you just keep going. I, I've been like uh, close to that where it's just like nah, fuck this. You know, it just went so bad. But no, nah, like we just we just that's the cool thing. Yeah. yeah, but then we get a good beer like this that we're enjoying the fuck out of. Hey, we're like, hey, let's keep it going. For real, dude, y'all did a really good job with this, and I'm not just saying that. Like, it tastes really good. Thank you. That dude, oh, fuck, I totally lost my train of thought here, but it had something to do with beer, I think. <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, it has something to do with beer. God damn it, I don't know. Uh, you know what I feel is like a missing component here. Uh, breweries, man. Like, if we had some breweries, that'd be fucking dope. It yeah. would. Um, yeah, like, just to expose people to, like, this other, you know, art form. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whenever I visit the homies out in Austin, that's, like, one of the, that's, instead of, like, obviously, at first, when they had initially moved out there and we would go, it was like, oh, let's go to 6th Street, let's go to 6th Street, let's go to 6th Street. Like, that was the thing. Yeah. But then, after a while, it was like, well, we've yeah, been to all the fucking bars on 6th Street. Like, yeah. what else is there to do now? So we just started going to like different breweries, and I've only been to like a, a handful, and there's still some like I want to go out to like Jester's, or uh, the Thirsty oh, yeah. Planet one. I haven't gone to go to that one. Also, like Five One Two, we went to one. Ah, fuck, was it the no? Ah, uh, SLB. I for oh Strange Land Brewing Company. We went there. I had uh I, I don't know what my girlfriend um. They have a really good porter, by the way. Like, fucking it, super it, stable. It was, like, this five-course meal that um, oh, some yeah. hotel uh, had. And Strangeland Brewing was, like, the one they paired it with. It was insane. They had really good beers. Yeah, that's one thing. That's one I want to go to. I just haven't gone to. But I, I like their beers. Dude, we, we lucked out. And the day that we went, I guess they hadn't renewed their license yet. So they were like, you can drink for free. Oh, oh shit. shit. You can donate whatever you want if you want. 
shit. But oh, the beer is free. <laughs> yeah, like you don't have to pay for your beer. And I was like, oh, I guess it, like, we, they didn't outright say that. Like it was, it was like in the middle of the day, super fucking cold, like in the middle of winter and shit. And um, my homies, my girl, me, my girlfriend and I, my homies that we go we went to go visit. Uh, another one of my homies that went with us from San Antonio and his girlfriend, we all went and uh, we got there. And like we're like, oh okay, like I'll get the first round. So like I gave the I gave the check my card. And she was like, oh no, like uh, the, you, you don't have to pay for them right now or whatever. And I was like, okay, fuck it, all right, whatever. I guess like <laughs> I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, I'm not about to say anything. And then so like uh, a couple of hours passed by. We we're just like having fun, playing games and shit. And then I was like, we we got several rounds. And then I went. And then I was like, oh okay, well I guess like I thought it was like a happy hour special type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, no, like. We, you know, right now, it's uh, whatever you want to donate. Oh, shit. And I was oh, like, shit. let's get lead. That's good thing you found out. Like, <laughs> yeah, the good thing you found out a couple hours later, not very get-go, because then you would have been slamming that. Slamming and bamming, yeah. dude. Ooh. We were slamming and jamming, dude. Okay. And it was cool, because there was no one else at the brewery. There was It was like a group of, um, we're like six or seven people. Six, yeah, we were six people. The bartender lady, and then... Like maybe one more couple at the bar, and that was it. And I was like, they um, their music stopped playing, and I was like, hey, can I just play my music or what? Like, oh shit! Yeah, and they were like, the chick was like, yeah, fuck it, here, and then like she just gave me <laughs> the aux cable. Pass you the aux. Yeah, for real, dude. That literally was like, here's yeah. the here's like the, the aux cable thing. So I was just like, all right, let's go, boom. And oh shit! We were just jamming out, and it was it was a super good ass. time. Yeah, we ended up just getting a couple of like glasses from the the brewery just to be like, hey, whatever. Oh, but the pimp. That's, cool. that's dude, fucking badass, yeah, though, bro. Yeah. Like, it was fucking badass. But that's the other thing is like, because it's usually not cheap to drink craft beer. Definitely not. <laughs> oh no, yeah. But um, dude, that's fucking badass. Like, uh, my favorite beer is free beer. Yeah, for real. Shout <laughs> out to Strange Land Brewing. <laughs> yeah. They killed it. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Uh, as far as like accessible beers, one of the ones that I feel or uh, that do I think a really good, a uh, really good job of creating like accessible versions of craft beer is uh shiner yeah. yeah like the they have the ruby redbird one yeah the prickly pear beer the prickly pear one yeah. the fucking dude they're they're all pretty good and it's like oh like it's like a little different spin yeah it's, it's a good thing is that it's nothing too too wild but it, it allows people that are like oh i mean yeah fuck it i'll try it it's, it's, it's different but it's nothing too crazy so a lot of more people are going to try it and opens up the world of what is like what are you able to I think they even have like variety packs now. Yeah, mm-hmm. the variety mm-hmm. pack, correct. They have like that wicked one, the weekend IPA. I know they have like the fucking the prickly pear one. They also have that ruby redbird one, which my girlfriend got into. I think uh, we tried that mango one, the from Blue Moon, the mango wheat, whatever. Yo, have yeah, you had that one. I've tried that one too. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, and I, that's I think that's one of the ones in the variety pack for sure. Yeah, yeah, and and um, I bought those. I bought a six of that and a six of the ruby red ones just because I've had both previously, and there it was you know it was like a hot summer night or something. So mm-hmm. it was pretty refreshing. Let's go. And she didn't like the mango one. Oddly enough, I was like, "What? It's like you're biting a fucking mango, literally." Yeah, yeah. But she really dug the other one, or really dug the other one, and then. This on this last Tuesday, my brother's band Dos Leones was performing at uh, Cultura, mm. and let me tell you, holy shit, it was fucking packed for a Tuesday, dude. Oh, I was like, what? My like, brother said, yeah. Remember, oh yeah, remember, we were like, fucking talking about this shit. About this yeah, dude. Night, yeah. Uh, cool yeah, and uh, oh, anyway, so they had that on tap, and I was I got it for her. She was like, oh shit, what the fuck? And I wanted to have it, but I was having that other 
stout that they had, which I can't remember oh. the name anymore. Oh, yeah. But it was just so, so good. And I was like, you know what? I might go back and get another one. But I think I just had, like, that one beer. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I don't want to. It's a Tuesday. Much. You work tomorrow, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> like, relax. Hey, chill out. And then, I mean, you, you might or might not go to work. That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what happens on a Tuesday night when you go out drinking. For real, right? On a Tuesday, dude. And God, dude, like, hats off. That day was so cool. Uh, it was a, a ridiculous amount of, like, turnout. Like, I was, like, all the tables on the ground full. There was people nice. on, like, on the, the balcony, balcony chilling. The inside was full. It was, like, a fucking Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, like, God damn, like. This is super packed. All the tables on the side, like, you know how it extends out to the side? And yeah, the by side the yeah. yeah. All, all of those were full, cool too. Packed. I was like, what? Dude, and I really tried to make it. I remember I told you we talked about it. I'm like, I, I really want to make it. But since I play pool, like, I got really caught up there. And When are you uh, leaving to Austin? This coming Thursday, right? I might leave sooner. Oh, nah, shit. Okay. I think Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. Peacing out Tuesday. real quick? Yeah. I mean... Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck it. That's pretty cool. Pretty much, yeah. That was my my decision behind, should I go Thursday or Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, fuck it, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be t- on Tuesday. Damn, all right, because there were some other events coming up on the weekend. I was like, yeah, let's go. Nah, dude. I mean, I would have been down. But I'm, honestly, like, a whole lot of things that started coming up more recently now that I'm leaving. But um, I'll, I'll be back. I want to be back, of course, because my family's here. But I also want to be able to... You know, we want to keep growing. It's a lot of fun. Are you guys like, do you guys want to be able to take it to the next level maybe? Or, or are, you, are you going to strictly keep yeah, it as like a... I think the next level that I'd want to do was is probably um, form a club or something. Just because I know there are some people out there that um, are like on that, um, walking that tightrope of should I, should I not? Because it is, um, as fun as it is, there, it's a lot of uh, work getting into it. A lot mm-hmm. of um, money dropped down for equipment. Because, I mean, there's some people that get into brewing just because they want to, they, they think it's a cheaper way to get beer, but it's it's not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's the next step I'd want to do, just, you know, get more people. Because, um, yeah, there's this cool, like, thing that they do that I've seen in other, um, like, homebrew clubs where they'll just go out and get an actual barrel that they'll buy from, like, a distillery. And they'll all brew the same beer and they'll all just, like, transfer it there and, you know, like, barrel age all of their beer. And they'll bottle it or keg it, whatever, and or like they all can enjoy their barrel aged beer, which is cool. Because I how, mean, <clears throat> how long do they usually age the beer in barrels? Like just in general, do you know? I think if it's like a new barrel, you really have to push it like over half a year, just because oh, there's shit. so much just to know, absorb and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it really needs to chill out. Um, but I mean, you can get away with that. Like if we wanted to make like a barrel aged flavored beer, we like we could probably just amp up the ABV on this one. And they sell, like, these oak cubes that you can, uh, like, uh, age for a bit in, like, a bourbon. And then just put those cubes into the fermenter and kind of, like, emulate that that style. So, you know. Have you ever had the uh, the old chub? Yeah. How do you feel about that one? I think that's... They have it at Almond, don't they? Yeah, it's yeah. like a Scotch, Scotch ale, I think. I, I, I've we had that one and I liked time, it, I yeah. So. I've, I've had that one while watching a movie. Uh, that one is strong, dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> strong. Fucking damn! Like I, I think like with two, you're like feeling some type of way already on that. And it, it, I like the <laughs> I like the barrel aged beers, and but really the one that has been the best, which I really suggest if everyone listening or watching or whatever, and for both of y'all to try is that Dogfish Head one. It's a brown ale. I think it's an American brown ale that's aged in Palo Santo Maron barrels. Yeah, and I was like, damn. 
Uh, I love talking about beer because then we get recommendations. We yeah. We always looking. We're always willing to try more beer. Get it if we can get it delivered. If somebody can hook us up and bring us a beer. I mean, we pay for the beer. The I like the. Uh, did you guys try the the toasted coconut ale from nine hundred two? Was it nine hundred two? I think it's nine hundred two. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I think yeah, they, they had it at Alamo on tap for a minute, and then they, they had it at Goldura in the cans. No, I had it at Goldura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. And then that, they, that same company also had um, a Mexican lager called uh, Cerveza Por Favor, or Una Cerveza yeah. Por Favor. Yeah. That one was fucking legit. It was like if Dos Equis yeah. like, got its shit together and stepped this <laughs> level up, yeah. that's what it was like. like Shots fired. Yeah, I mean, Dos Equis, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just no, saying that yeah, like, it's like next level. Very like, commercially. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those beers. Because we talk about how like the, the different styles of beer are, and like those are good beers because they're so generalized and that more people can enjoy it. It doesn't have to adhere to a niche group of people that have a following for a particular type of beer. They're just... I mean, I, I I don't say no to any beer. Like I I can drink. I, when I when I hang out with my friends, like I'll just drink Bud Light all night. Make a little Bud Light, uh, Budweiser. Nothing well, wrong with a little yeah. water. Or I, no? think, yeah, exactly. I think I think last <laughs> last night was the first time I actually sat down, and almost like critiqued the Bud Light. I never like actually sat down because it's <laughs> my my first uh, exposure to beer was just like beer pong. Get whatever Same. beer, and, and that's yeah. it. So like that's my first impression of beer, and I was always like, "Not like beer," but because I was, t- you know, trying the wrong ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's it's not too much. It's not really too much different. If anything, craft beer is just more. You get more bang for your buck. Yeah, you definitely more get more flavor, more everything, dude. Like it's just it's it's more of an experience versus just like pounding some like you know fucking. Yeah. Because when you drink like or like when I drink, but like I'm, I'm drinking it absent like mindly. Like yeah. I'm not focusing on drinking the beer and see how it tastes, the profile, yeah. whatever. Like I'm just drinking, and it becomes a habit. Like a lot of times when you're just drinking beer, just drinking beer because there's no water around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm smelling my cup. I'm smelling my cup, and you can smell the coffee and like the chocolate, like badass. Like it smells like you literally had like some sort of coffee in here. Yeah, it's fucking good, dude. Awesome. I dig it. Does it have a name? Do you guys name your beers? No, the honor. I like. Yeah, it's weird. We haven't, and I. I don't think I've ever brought it up, or I don't think no, we. We've, we. I think we talked about it with like one of the first couple of batches. We're like, oh, number one, number two, number three, number four. We really. I think don't sit down and. But they're not even names, like you know, like those quirky pun names. It's more of like, oh, this one's like the grape blonde. Yeah. Grapefruit oh yeah, blonde. that's the grapefruit. Blonde. Was the first one? It was from the kit that uh, Monica showed us. Um, it was a blonde ale. But obviously, you know, like being like experimental, we're like, let's yeah. just uh, zest some grapefruits. I think that was like a, the reason we decided not to be as experimental anymore because uh, we the, that um, that kid, we're like, what can we do just to be different with it? And we started getting like grapefruits. Yeah. <laughs> just threw I think all the rind the, in yeah, there. Yeah, the whole rind in there. <laughs> Which like, I mean, it was, uh, it was like if we fermented in the growler, it was just, it was a gallon glass carboy. I had it just in my room, like, in the corner. It wasn't controlled fermentation. So, I mean, among, like, the the weird procedure we had and then the grapefruit we added, there were so many flavors going on. We're like, what the hell is oh, this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why is it tasting like this? The yeah. first time we tried it, we were like... Yeah. It wasn't bad. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't bad, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, but this is alcohol. We're drinking alcohol. We we sat down, make alcohol. We made alcohol. We're yeah, that, that was what we said. Yeah, it was just that pretty, was our achievement of that yeah. night. When we like were not to die achieve. from our like liquid <laughs> <laughs> from our concoction. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, it's it's beer. 
we make beer, we're drinking beer. The flavor, let's not talk about that. We're drinking beer. Let's knock it back. Yeah. Right? yeah. And let's knock it back and see what happens. It's crazy because, and it's, like he mentioned earlier, the process back then, we were only making a gallon. It took us like six, seven hours probably. Yeah. And it's what we take now doing five gallon batches. Yeah. It's a huge improvement on how much beer we make that we're able to share it now. The same amount of work, and if not more, because we were so lost. Yeah, because um, obviously, like I mean, we just were using kettles with no like valves, nothing. So we were like muscling around like gallons of water, like hot water, and I mean now we got pumps and everything, so we're not doing any heavy lifting, just the cleaning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like today we 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 amped up one of our processes, which is the cooling down. Yeah. Uh, before today, like our cool down process of bringing the 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 wort down from. Watch, actually, let's start from the beginning because I don't think we've talked about how we make beer. No, not yet, not really. We haven't we really started doing that. Well, I mean, from the let's, beginning. let's start from the top. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you talked about the process. We talk, We started talking about how we think about what we're going to make. Yeah. It. Oh, we, never <laughs> we took a left to, turn yeah. from there, yeah. <laughs> True. We went on a tangent. But um, the most important part of making beer for us is cleaning. Like, it's crazy how much we have to clean simply because it's easily so easy to mess up. If you don't clean any of the equipment, like there's wild yeast on everything that can just fuck up your batch. And that's like a really big misconception like that people have that uh, homebrew versus like commercial breweries. Is it like, um, I think commercial breweries just have like a way better way of keeping wild yeast out. But, you know, make make no mistake, you know, uh, commercial breweries, they do get their like infected batches and stuff. but that's like a, a big thing. It's like if the brewing day is mainly just us cleaning and sitting and waiting. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So to break things out, like when, when I come over to his place and we start working on the beer, uh, first thing is, of course, getting prepping everything. We we do we have everything we need. We have the materials. We have the like we have the equipment. We have the grains. We have those are to me just equipment and grains. Um, and then we start filling up yeah. water. So we'll start with the water. Um, I've never asked for like the city of Laredo to send me anything of the water profile. I used to use we used to use the just the faucet water, which I mean I don't think made such a big difference. But now we'll get distilled water, and we'll make our water profile. So you know we'll add our you know calcium carbonate, our gypsum, just basically making our water. Um, so in in a way that that's not us being bougie or anything. You know we're not too good for Laredo water, but it's just uh, another variable we don't have to worry about. You know, mm-hmm. not saying that like you know could have been the water. Yeah, because I mean, if, uh, as an example, like you, we'll, I think we made an Irish red ale once. No, it was like a, I forgot it was some something like that. But we we looked at what kind of water profile you would find in Ireland. So we created the water profile with the minerals that you'd find in that water, and that's what we use to make our beer. So it's just something that p- people might just think we use tap water, but. We get distilled water and then we make a flavor profile, and that's just to get things started. Which yeah, which is like like I said, like it's nothing that you know we have against like Laredo water, but sometimes like uh, certain styles, or for hoppy beers or for dark beers, like for example this one, you know we have a lot of coffee and coffee is very acidic, so we gotta you know bring the pH a little higher. Uh, so that's something we we gotta add to the water to you know really balance it out. Otherwise, it really be like astringent. Um, so uh, it's we we get the water. And then um, we, we, we have to raise it to a certain temperature where we add the grains. And what that does is that um, we're, we're trying to get the, the sugar into a small bite-sized portion for yeast. 
Because just like us, you know, if we bite off too much more than we can chew, you know, we, we can hurt ourselves. The yeast is the same thing. So that certain temperature that we, we call mashing uh, is to set up the sugar for the yeast to consume. Um, and like I said, every variable you have in the brewing process can alter your, your beer. So obviously, you know, you can mash too high or too low. And depending on your style, you want it a little too high or too low. Uh, so that, that's the first step. The water, the mash, where we set... The mash is basically trying to get all the sugar out of the grains. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, but then we mill. We buy the grain yeah. unmilled uh, because we usually store it for a couple of days, weeks or something before we actually use it. So we have a non-milled grain. So Take a little seed. Yeah, it's, they're little seeds that have the, the, the sugar inside. So we mill it, comes out, we put that in the temperature to water. And actually, that's the favorite, not the favorite, but we just sit and wait after that <laughs> for like yeah. an hour. It, it could vary depending on what style or like, like for like the efficiency I want to go for. Like I know today I really wanted to push like the waiting. So we went a half hour long. Usually it's 60 minutes, uh, the mash portion, but I think we did 80, 90, 80, 80 minutes, 80 minutes. So it's just sitting and waiting. Uh, and then after that, it's just rinsing out. So we drain that portion off and then there's just like that grain sitting there. We run more water through it just to rinse as much as uh, the sugar we can from it. And from there, it's just uh, boiling after that. Um, boiling serves to dilute it, like evaporate a lot of the water out just to get it to that certain density, like I was saying, that we, we take the first measurement to get the alcohol. Uh, and that's, depending on the boil uh, time, that's where we add our hops, like uh, like at what time we add the hops changes everything. Um, yeah. like that's also It also serves to pasteurize it because it is, you know, kind of tainted with yeast everywhere. You know, we're outside. Uh, yeast is going to get there no matter what. And that's a way for us to like really like clean, sanitize, and pasteurize everything that's there, setting it up for our yeast to do its job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we throw in the the hops, um, and again we boil down. Like today's boil process was would really beat, beat us down. Um, yeah, it was we, supposed to be an hour and a half, but it was two hours and a half. Two and a half yeah. hours that we were just waiting there, and we started pretty late today. That's the other thing. So we started like at ten thirty, ten ten thirty. Uh, and we didn't finish till like nine. So that's Damn, that's a long process. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we just finished cleaning. We came over here. Yeah. But like out of those 10 hours, three hours were just us waiting to uh, di- um, to reduce the, the water content. I think total time waiting was like three or four hours. Yeah. yeah. So during that time, like we'll, if we need to run to the store to pick up, like today we wouldn't pick up the... Yeah, we went to HEB to get uh, oranges for the zest and we went to get coriander. Coriander. Yeah. About a zester and a couple of things, some bangs to put us like in the, yeah. Because we were tired, it was tired. But and then we get the bangs, so we just come back and we just keep going. And then after the uh, the boil down process, um, we cool it down. Yeah. So yeah, that that was uh, a new variable we were trying to work on because the before and the the cooling down took us like a good hour, an hour and a half, which is annoying because not only is it long, but we're outside. There's wind, so. Every, you really got to cut it short that time because, you know, uh, other yeast can get in there and really, you know, like just mess up the whole thing. Yeah, so like the, the, the part that we include into our process today was a plate chiller. So it's a bunch of different plates, increases the surface area of our liquid running through it so we can reduce the temperature a lot quicker. And it it's like a little radiator. Fl- yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like a radiator. So it was fucking amazing to do that today because after we bur- uh, boiled for so long, we're like, previous to today's improvement 
that would have been another hour and a half. So we would have finished to like 10, 30, 11 yeah. to 9. Damn. But since that particular aspect of it is something that we improved on, we ran cold water through it and then the hot wort. And we were able to reduce it to like 25 minutes. It was 25 minutes. And that will, that's that we were really conservative because we could have probably done it like in 20, maybe it's 15 minutes. 15 to 20 minutes. So but it was the first time and I didn't want to like, I didn't know how it worked or like I knew how it worked, but I just didn't want to push anything because it's like we're running boiling water and like freezing water and I don't want anything to mess up. Yeah. 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 So th- that particular plate chiller, like I said, it was, it was the new part and we put it to work and it came out fucking great. Like it was such an improvement. Because before to the different ways, like when we first started, we just had a big ass bucket, put it in a sink with ice, and just stir it until it yeah. cooled down. Like that took like an hour and a half, two hours, and then we got a different type of coil system, uh, which is almost like a just like a copper snake that you run cold water through it and you just like kind of stir it in there, and that's supposed to like. And again, that took like an hour, an hour and a half too, and we're being able to reduce that part now into twenty twenty five minutes. That's fucking crazy. amazing. Yeah. Then, and after that, it was just, that's like the home stretch. And after that, we we bring it down to temperature where we can p- uh, pitch the yeast. So we we yeah. brought it down to like 70 from, we went, we brought it down from boiling temperatures, like 100 and... It, we started at like, I think 180. 180. Damn. And then we brought it down to like 70. Which, yeah, for maybe for the people listening, it's not crazy but yeah, yeah like for us it's like insane like and it's volume so it's like five gallons of water at 180 degree temperature which is boiling down to 70 degrees in a matter of 20 25 minutes that's pretty badass and, it would, and i think I, doing it like we're sanit- fucking sanitary. nerding out because like we've been yeah. doing it for like a year we're like oh my god this is like that one process where we take forever that's yeah that's one process we've been like at least for a year saying like we got to do something about this like and being able to finally do it is like it's a huge uh, relief. Being able to knowing we fucking made it work. And like you mentioned, the pitching temperature is basically the the temperature that we throw the yeast in there, which is another variable that can um, change your beer. So like that's one thing. Like if, if you pitch your yeast too high, you'll get a lot of off flavors. And one of those common off flavors is like a, a like a like a fusel alcohol. What they call it. It's more like a like a paint stripper smell. Mm, okay. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want that. But that's another thing that's cool about it. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we can control like that. Damn, dude, that's an extensive ass process. Yeah, yeah, like as 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 complicated as you we can make it, it's also really simple. I mean, people make prison hooch. It's not hard to make alcohol. <laughs> just smash some <laughs> fucking <laughs> fruits and dude, leave them in your. Literally yeah. just, literally just that. I mean, you but, could do it at home. Just get a a fucking tub of fruit and water and just leave it there for yeah. like three four months. Which is basically how they make sour beers. Exactly. And, and then you can drink it and it's alcoholic. It's fucking crazy that you can do it so easily. Yeah. But of course, when we're aiming for certain things, we need to control as many variables as, like, as we yeah, can. I, th- I think for homebrewing, all you really need in reality is just a, a kettle and like a, a, if you really want to go simple, just like a, a strainer bag, which what they call brew in a bag. But that's really all you need. Yeah. You know, and it's a crazy because then we look back at our, our, at our improvement in process like... We used to do everything like in one, five, like three gallon. Bucket. It's the gallon we still use, like yeah, to, like, yeah, the mash, yeah. It's like one gallon, like a boiling pot. And now we're using 15 gallon kettles. And like, imp- there's so many different improvements that looking back, we're like, damn, we're fucking dumb for doing that shit. Like, <laughs> we're so fucking dumb. Like, bro. A lot of trial and error, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But that's, a, that's the best thing about it. We were able to do trial and error with one gallon batches. So we, if anything went bad, we're like, 
fuck it, we'll work on it on the next one. And yeah, because I mean, some people just go crazy and they, you know, they get five gallon kegs and they have the whole thing like five taps and which is nothing wrong with that. But you know, like I don't have a lot of money, so it, it hurts less when you lose like a, a gallon versus you know five ten gallons. The way it hurt, like when yeah. we made the first yeah. batch with our new system. We throw away like three and a half, four gallons of beer. It also depends on like the ingredients because if, let's say the, the, the wheat beer we're doing, ingredients were only like $40, right? Versus the, the, the hazy IPA that we had to throw out the ingredients, I think were like 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. So all the hops, hops are expensive. Yeah, hops are the most expensive part of the brew, right? I would say, yeah, for like per weight, it is. Yeah. Because yeah, a pound of grain is like oh, a dollar, maybe two for like the roasty ones, which is not bad. Um, but hops are like I think eight dollars an ounce. Damn. Okay. Especially like depending on where they're from, uh, it's usually like around six to, at least at the homebrew level, it's more expensive obviously because you're not buying much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fucking you can't buy in bulk or you don't have to. But yeah. I mean, we could or we used to do that at the very beginning, but we realized we like we weren't trying, we weren't getting what we wanted to. Yeah. So we're like we we used to, we did away from that and like let's just order what we need, brew it, and then work on the next one afterwards. What's been your favorite beer that you've brewed so far? It's probably between the coconut and the toasted coconut and almond porter, or <laughs> the fuckers. The first, the first New England IPA we did because that one was just so good. Oh, yeah, like yeah. when we because we had kegged it because I had I have a, a I first started out with a two point five gallon keg, and then I bought a three gallon keg, and then we bought the five gallon keg, and that one I think when we first poured the couple first pours. It would just really just, you know, spicy because there were still hops in there. And obviously, you know, like we didn't filter it. But once it got cleared up, it was a good beer. I really yeah. liked that. I, th- I think the one two. that I, I really, really liked, uh, we tried to do like a clone of a beer, but it was like a, it was a watermelon sea salt flavored beer. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it was a, it was a Goza that we yeah, the Goza. used sea salt and uh, it was just like watermelon. Like watermelon puree. Yeah. Yeah, no rind. No, we use the puree. Oh, yeah, we want to use we want to use rind now just because it's, yeah. like, it's yeah. But yeah, that was that was one of my favorite one that we made. Um, it's because it's just like a, such a refreshing beer, uh, the Gozas and the flavor is fucking bad. I just think about like go home, get a slice of watermelon, pour some salt on it, and eat that. I should so fucking good. Now drinking that with alcohol, it was fucking good. I, I enjoyed that. That's been my favorite beer that we brewed so far. I talk about it all the time, but never like let me try it. I'm like. It's long gone. Yeah, we drank. That was from over a year ago. Yeah. So like, we came, my friends and I came up with a name for a beer if we would ever brew anything. That's called Nice by the Pool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice by the <laughs> Pool, dude. Take a note down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, use it. Put it to use. Like, oh. that, and we were just like fucking fucking around on that episode that we were tasting all these different beers and. We we just threw it out there like yeah dude fucking nice by the pool and it became a thing. It, it be, took off be the first beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice by the pool. No, and that's the thing like because um, we talked about like trying to make a homebrew community like being MVP. able to being able to collab, being able to like work with other people like we want to be able to you know work on and improve on and you know maybe like next time we homebrew you can go. With us, so you can see what we do, and yeah, like, uh, down to like document some of it if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah, just to kind of like you know, we, we document a lot of it in pictures, though. So yeah. we do have like an Instagram page. What's the Instagram page? Uh, do, so, do you want it out there? Or? Yes, actually, yeah, we just it's it's miles zero, yeah, brewing. 
Miles Zero Homebrewing. Miles Zero Homebrewing. Miles Zero Brewing. Oh, Miles Zero Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the number zero, right? Not the word. Yeah, the zero. Uh, the word, the zero. word zero. Oh, the word zero. Also, yeah. the whole thing spelled out. Yeah. yeah. Miles Zero Brewing. Miles Zero yeah. Brewing. So we'll, we'll document like the the major parts in the the whole process. So, um, yeah, like if anyone's hearing and they're saying like, you know, what the hell was that? You know, they can go on that and see. You know, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, we we take pictures of a lot of the process just because. I don't know. It's fun. Like we're like I said, it's we are cool. always still like, excited about it. So yeah, we document like pouring we, in the hops, uh, stirring, um, the boiling. It, sometimes like we have. I think one of my favorite pictures there's the this beer we, when we had just transferred it from the from the mash tun to the boiling pot. Mm. Like the way it looks, it's just like dark with the creamy, like slightly brown foam on top. Just the way that looked, I'm like, damn, that's a beautiful. It looked like a hot chocolate. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's my favorite picture from that from the page, yeah. and it just looks like a, I'm like. We I can't try to make it look more glamorous than it is. Yeah, yeah. but it looked fucking good, and this is what we were drinking. It, so I want to fucking help. I want to buy ingredients and be like, here, brew a beer like this. <laughs> make one for we do a collab right? that's collab. what we're saying we can make a collaboration and let's, let's figure out what nice by the pool means and we'll make yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what, what does that sound like it's, well, it sounds like definitely something like super refreshing I don't know like, what, well, yeah, what I want it to be what it's gonna be actually I don't know if it's gonna be this or not but or when we came up with the name <laughs> I was like let's just fucking start a beer review podcast that's <laughs> called nice by the pool so that's one aspect of it. But what what it would look like in a beer or what it would be, I don't know. I, I, I picture like something golden looking or like crisp, refreshing type. I don't know. Something that's just like easy that would be nice by the pool. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. I mean. What do you guys think? What do you guys think when you hear that? I don't know. Well, one thing I've always wanted to do is a strawberry uh, like blonde. Oh, shit. Just because I've, I've never had one. They these sound so good. I've Have I had one? I don't think I've had one. They, I felt like I, I, poteet, it was available, poteet. but I didn't try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think, well, the other thing is if you're drinking by the pool, you don't want a glassware. So we don't have to worry about how it looks. But we want to get a good flavor. Yeah, but definitely like something refreshing, something you can enjoy during yeah. the summer. And like, and Blondales are so light. Very and crushable. Crushable, like you drink the shit out of them. And we haven't really made that many heavy beers. So all the beers that we've made so far are really just being yeah. able to like take them back. Well, the, the thing is, too, um, I I, th- I think I stray from heavy beers just because we didn't have that, uh, I guess, the capacity to, to I guess, uh, measure temperature or uh, how do you say it? Like, um, to keep the fermentation at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. So now, like... controlled fermentation, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, thank you. I was, like, having a brain fart. Uh, but, like, our, our freezer that has a tap actually serves for, like, a dual purpose. So it has, like, the keg in there. We've also routed a pump in there that has like a, a smaller keg in there with cold water that actually runs through a coil in the fermenter. So it keeps it at a certain temperature. So right now we have the temperature set to the, the certain yeast we're using uh, thrives at a temperature from 65 degrees to 72 degrees. Uh, like I said, another variable is the temperature which changes the beer. So um, when you ferment colder, you have a cleaner beer. So the yeast don't really have a like a chance to shine for what the actual true characteristics have, and then we're going for that Belgian wit beer. So we got to really ferment warmer to have the yeast express itself for the actual flavors that it, it produces. So like uh, sixty-five to seventy-two, we're fermenting at seventy-one, and I pitched less yeast on purpose 
to have them derive those flavors of banana and bubble gum and pepper. And that that's one that sounds crazy, by the way. When is that it, one ready? In what country? It'll, it'll <laughs> probably be done like in, it's a light beer. It'll probably be done in two weeks. Yeah. Damn, right. yeah. Like ready to drink in two weeks. And that's also like what I was going for, like in like imperial styles and stuff. You really want to have it fermenting clean because like uh, a really high gravity beer like that. It's a lot of it's lit- it's a lot of work for the yeast to do. So you got to pitch a lot of yeast and you got to keep it cool because you don't want it. You don't want yeast can get stressed out and they out, and they perform wrong when they're stressed out. So you have to basically, you know, satisfy their their conditions. So they, they work better, just like little employees. I bet people sound like yeast. Yeast are working like they're little. They can imagine like little rats. And, no, but it's like <laughs> it's um, it's a bacteria. Yeah, much it, it looks is. like uh, and what does it look like? Like banana pudding. Yeah, but like but no, like um, it's like this beige just yeah, goop, like, like a little beige packet. yogurt, pretty much. Yeah, and it's crazy though because we we're talking about it, but we're talking about we their cell counts like we try to uh, we pitched that was like it's like a billion i think uh, per per pouch something. yeah so about yeah a billion, a and billion that's what I, yeah that's what you mentioned like an erlenmeyer flask and stuff i'll actually have their um you're basically making basically making like a small batch of beer so that the the yeast can reproduce and then multiply and like that's a way to like you could easily just buy two patches of two pouches of yeast and just pitch them or you can you know buy one save your money and you know duplicate it and then throw your yeast in there. So that, that's with our new setup where we now are able to brew heavier beers, which is something, you know, that, that's exactly what I was talking about. The mm-hmm. new competitions coming up. Hopefully, you know, we, we do good or something. Uh, we're going to enter a Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, fuck yeah. When is that competition coming up? I think it's August 10th. So we got to submit it. Like, that's the one after this beer that we're going to have to do, mm-hmm. like right after. Oh, it's, yeah, so we had talked about that. That's why we really didn't start discussing a new beer because yeah. we knew we had that on the radar. So, yeah, that's going to be ready like in two weeks. Ready to drink. It, it's, yeah, the, the beer should be done fermenting like in four days. Uh, but there's still some lingering compounds in the beer that are off flavors that the yeast still go ahead and clean up. So um, it's, it's very conservative. We'll, we'll, it'll be done probably in a week, uh, eight, nine days. But after that carbonation, you know, I can speed it up. It's, it's from grain to glass. It's in two weeks. Nice. I'm down to try it out if, if, you if possible. Break open, break open. Oh, you brought some more shit, right? Yeah, this one's for you. Cool. I'm down to try it. Oh, nice. So That's this crazy. One, this one's, I think, uh, it's called the Deconstruction something. Deconstructed it's like bomb. It's four yeah. beers, and they're all s- simulating like one like huge like uh, barrel-aged beer, but it's all deconstructed. So there was a, a one aged with chili peppers, vanilla, one was with vanilla. that one sounds like it's the birthday bomb honestly like those Maybe. tones it, it might just be that one like oh I thought it was like foaming up no um, there's a, a lighter in that top drawer if you need to just yeah, I think one was with cacao nibs and then this one is oh this is the one with cacao nibs yeah so yeah. the one that you drank last night what'd you say it was, was a chili pepper one chili and pepper I, one. yeah vanilla Dude, that one tastes crazy because I feel like that's the I'm pretty sure I'm like more than sure that that's the birthday bomb dude because it has those notes like maybe because this one's a deconstructed bomb so yeah. yeah that's probably it yeah. yeah now that I think of it yeah, Fuck, yeah sure, and, sure. and that's uh, yeah give it a little give these snifters a rinse and if you're at home please prepare your own snifter and enjoy something very very nice in there Oh my god. 
Prairie Artisan Ales from, I think they're from Oklahoma or from Ohio, one or the other. I think it might Oklahoma. be Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah, there you go. There you have it. Just very little. And, um, yeah, if I can, if you ever have the uh, pleasure of encountering the birthday bomb, it'll be fucking beautiful. Just so everyone's aware. It does have, like, those crazy flavors of, like, vanilla, some spice in it. And uh, look at that. That's fucking... Check this shit out right here. This is um, beautiful as fuck. I'm going to put it right in the camera's face. You smell the booziness. Dude, yeah. Well, so, so this is um, Imperial Style aged in cacao nibs. What's the percentage on it? 12. 11.8. 11.8. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yep. It's fucking boozy. Cheers, gentlemen. This is... Uh, Thank you guys so much for bringing this one yeah. and for bringing the other one. They were both really good. The fucking oh my god! Like I'm, I like I like beer. Same. I still have. I saved a picture on like a, on Snapchat of when I had bought the birthday bomb. Funny story about that is like I I had already tried it once and I was at Specs and they had like the the bottles there, mm-hmm. and I was badass packing a six pack. Yeah. And then I I looked at the price and I was like, holy shit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Let me put yeah. some of these back. I, I, there were like nine fifty per bottle. And I was like, I'll take three. Fuck it. 27 bucks. <laughs> just three beers. I'm yeah. down. Yeah. And it was actually for uh, my brother and his wife had just gotten a house. So I, I was like, I'm going to take a variety pack. And I I took some of those. I took uh, those Midas Touch one that I was telling you about, yeah. which I'm pretty sure they still have there at Specs. And I think it, I also introduced them to the local buzz. Oh, that no, one's yeah. really, really good. Sounds Fucking good. golden honey ale. It was uh, just a plethora of different beers. We got pretty hammered. It was oh, nice. Yeah. Nice night. That's that's what this alcohol does. That's the gold, uh, with, the, with the buzz. Fucking that's the beautiful. one that they did, the, that they mixed two beers, right? Yeah, it was a chingon. A chingon and local buzz. I don't Whoa, know. that sounds crazy. I, yeah. I think it was that one. That's one glass I never got. I, I didn't remember. So we, we dr- Where was it? Because we tried We it. got the Guns and Oil one. We didn't oh, get the that's yeah. True. We didn't get that one. Yeah, when Cultura at the previous location, they had like the, oh, come out and the brewing company would host yeah, like a party exactly event. Would yeah. Host them, yeah, and then we went for the cups and whatnot. But the El Super Chingon was it? Yeah, that's. Oh, I wanted that glass so bad. Same. Yeah. They yeah. should. Um, you know how they? I don't know if you know about this, but every Thursday they do like a Chicas Chingonas one where you take the ladies take their own yeah. pints. Mm-hmm. Where's ours, dude? I know. Los Vatos Vergones or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's already said it's made. Los Pipas. But yeah, yeah, they have that, yeah. Yeah, man. Los Wienia, what is it? I don't know. Wienia's Wednesdays. Oh, that's fun. Pull up with your pine glass, get a discount, homie. Dude. Yo, when you have that. That'd be fun. El Viernes de Vergas, dude? El Viernes Verguero. For Damn. everyone that doesn't understand Spanish, that means the uh, Friday of the dicks. <laughs> no homo. Yeah, no, no homo, but, you know, equal rights, right? Yeah, and everybody I, shares. Dude, this is a, this one's a little bit, um, the, the, in the birthday bomb one, the vanilla sticks out a little bit more. But this one, I feel like it has a little bit more of, like, a spice to it versus, mm-hmm. yeah, like, the vanilla taste, right? Like, a, some sort of chili or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which one was? Because we, so we made a beer that came out really. There was, a, I think, one of the IPAs, like a very spiciness from the from the hops. Like it's it's crazy though, because you're able to get so many different flavor profiles and like just a small ingredient like hops. It's not something that 
people look for it's not like oh you're looking for what hops this beer uses or whatnot but it's crazy there's like a huge and like not encyclopedia but there's like a laundry list and that's that's one thing we do when we try to make a beer is uh we'll just go based on hops like um not like the names because i know some people get kind of like obsessed with the names but um just more of like you know what hop what flavor does that hop have and like how do you bring out that flavor? Because some flavors, you know, are in certain temperatures, you know. Some you mm-hmm. have to boil the hops for a long time for it to come out. The some, floral, the spicy, yeah. the, the the bitter, the, the zestiness. Oh, and I think so that you, when you told me something, you mentioned something earlier about tra- trying like a, you could taste the zest. Like today's beer we made with orange zest. Because majority of times we don't add like the juice or the puree of the food because it can, it, cha- cha- uh, it changes the ABV when we're trying to achieve something. So like today, I was there zesting like four oranges as part of the process. <laughs> yeah, making you were doing beer. that, and I was like right there with a molcajete, um, oh, yeah, with coriander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. His parents were walking by. He's like, you're going to make salsa or what? Salsa come on, bro. Dude. Yeah, it's fucking good. <laughs> and then we had a, we added what's called like noble hops, which are your... Um, Older style classic hops, very herbally, floral, spicy, and that's more just for bittering. So there was no uh, like uh, what's called whirlpool hops, no aroma. It's more the hops there were just more for bittering. But yeah, God damn it, dude, this is um, this is good. It's boozy, right? You feel that shit right away. Uh, right away, you can feel it. It's, <laughs> it's a little. It settles like very warm. Yeah, almost like if you're fucking knocking back a shot or something. Yeah, as a heat. Yeah, we, we like talking about beer. <laughs> we same, like dude, about same. I get, beer I get into beer. it. Have you ever, this is a little bit outside of the beer spectrum, but still in the alcohol spectrum. I um, I had a margarita that had like a a dab of like coconut oil on the top with like a serrano chile in it. I've never heard of that. It was like some next level fucking. It feels like it would linger. Yeah, like it, it was yeah. It was crazy. It was like spicy. Where but is like, that? So, um, on not Dirty Six, but the hipster side, East Six. Okay. They had like a random, in, in Austin, by the way. I forgot the name of the bar, but uh, it's like a cocktail place. Like you go there for the cocktails. Mm. Fucking super expensive. Uh, and yeah. like. Damn, that sounds good though. They had probably the best old fashioned that I've ever had there. And I'm a fucking, I fucking love old fashions, dude. Like that's my, that's my jam. Yeah. As far as like a, a cocktail goes. Yeah. That's about us. I think it was like 15, 16 bucks for one. I, no, no, I mean, I don't think... Uh, I don't know if it's that yeah, badass. It's, <laughs> no, but it's, it's very, very... Badass. Yeah, it was super, super worth it. Like, fucking... I don't know. It, it was just... Uh, we. I, I had an old-fashioned there. We. I had that. that. That margarita, I didn't even order it. A friend of ours that was there, she had ordered it, and she was like, whoa, this is crazy. So, like, we all just kind of, like, took a little sip right, on let's that. Let's try it. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, and it was fucking good, dude. I was like, damn, all right, this yeah. is some next level shit. You know, like, when, a, yeah. when they have a Serrano Chile in the thing, you're like, what, yeah. do I ex- what the fuck are you expecting from that? Damn. But uh, it had a nice kick to it. And the uh, the little, like, dab of coconut oil, that like, it, and it settles on top, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's oil. Oil, yeah. So, like, it goes well with, like, that spiciness. Yeah, it was that's weird. weird. Super weird. That's, that's yeah, cool, it's though. Like, that's something I've never heard of done for, it's a margarita. That's crazy. Like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah and it was try uh, that shit at home. Fucking yeah, I appreciate that <laughs> though because it's, it, it's, yeah. they go crazy with ingredients, and it's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And also at another, um, this was at the Pearl Brewery in San Antonio. There's this place called Blue Box inside, 
the Pro Brewery, and that's also like a cocktail spot. Mm-hmm. And they have one that is called Pretentious Quips, and I think it's like a gin-based cocktail, if, I, if, I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. A, a gin-based? Gin-based. Oh, yeah. gin. Okay. Gin, yeah. I mean, I'll fucking try it then. Yeah. Like, gin's my go-to liquor. So. Oh, really? Yeah. You're about that paint thinner life? Dude, I, I <laughs> <laughs> that's real paint thinner, dude. Like, fuck, I mean, my god, like, the sapphire, the uh, oh, oh, yeah. Bombay sapphire, yeah, Bombay sapphire. That one, it feels like you're taking a sip out of perfume or something. Like, it's super aromatic, but like, good luck, bro. Good luck. Dude, it's fucking good though. Like, cause my oh, favorite it's not, drink. Not that it's not good. Yeah. I'm saying good yeah. luck because it's strong yeah. as. When, that's what. That's, I don't know why I enjoy it so much already, but it. it I got put on on it not too long ago, maybe like four or five years ago. Before that, I never touched gin. I mean, just because I didn't know how to drink it, what to drink it with. But then I started like gin and tonics. But then I really like just... G&T. Yeah, G&T. Or, but I really like just gin martinis. Vodka, like, a lot of people know uh, martinis with vodka. But my go-to is gin martinis and like a little dirty extra olives in the bitch. Ooh-wee. What's in a gin martini? It's just straight up gin, isn't it? It's like a shot it's, of gin. What's well, like a gin? I think they use like... Vermouth, uh, War, Worcesters, Worcestershire, Worcester, Worcestershire, is the T before the C. I don't know. <laughs> that and olive juice. That sounds crazy. It's fucking good. I, I love that. It's actually that's like my go to drink whenever. Yeah, but I mean I love olives though, and I would like space them out or I, like I think last time I was at Cultura, I drank something and I'm like I would like can I have a shit ton of olives? They're like yeah, of course you're <laughs> Fucking happy. <laughs> I, I was at a bar with my cousin and, and her husband, and um, he's like super into olives also. And we had, we were, I think we were bar hopping downtown, and we went from uh, Escobar to On the Rocks. And they're really like good friends with the with the bartender at On the Rocks, so like he mm-hmm. knows what's up. He got him like a fucking big old, one of those plastic cups of like olives with like lemon pepper or something on it and like i don't know what else but it was fucking good i mean not that i don't like all this but that was just like what like next level yeah it was like a badass little drunk snack i guess (laughs) a bar snack whatever yeah yeah. damn what was it so at cultura i recently tried like um uh what is it called cubano the oh you were telling me about it is it the what is it the clamato cubano? No, no. But it's because so my thing is I don't like clamato. So when people are you don't like, like clamato, I don't what? Like I've never I, had one. Really? I wanted to try one craft beer. So I don't like I don't like celery. Of all the things, that, like I cannot put up with the celery. It's the one thing that I cannot put up. But it's like tomato and clam juice. Well, I don't know what the fuck is, is in it. Is it clam juice? Well, I mean, it's called clamato because it's oh, clam and tomato. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have a lot of these revelations. <laughs> like, hey, really? We were yeah. talking to earlier. We were talking about Austin Eastsiders. He's like, "Oh, it was oh, cool." Shit. Like Eastside, yeah. Like, yeah. Eastside oh. I'm like, "Oh, shit. but yeah. yeah." So they have the Cubano. Ah, what is the? I think that's what you called it. The Michela Cubano, mm-hmm. and that shit was fucking good because it's the same thing as a, as a Michela without clamato or the tomato juice. And I I bore the fucking. Um, celery and I feel like clamato has celery like flavor in it. Rizzo. And I, I fucking tried Rizzo? it though. I don't know, I don't I don't know. So. but I, I fucking don't. But it's always on the pictures and they always. Yeah. That's how they. <laughs> yeah, like dress they put it. That's how yeah. they dress it. I don't think yeah, it's that, part of the flavor profile. I don't know, but I mean, I guess I just don't like clamato then. 
I, I, I've tried it. I've tried it so many different times, d- different um, weights. Give, uh, me a, give me some clamato, bro. I'm fucking clamato, super down. Because I've tried it with like beer, with tequila, with like a, with a, a Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary, with vodka, Bloody Maria with tequila. I just don't like it. It's not my, it's not my shit. But they had that cubano, the the michela cubano with the, which is the same thing as a, as a, a michela with clamato, just without clamato. I fucking enjoy that shit. I drank like three of them. I fucking Hecultura, my friends were like, what's that? I'm like, fucking try it, bro. I just fucking found that out. I just found out this exists today. And then like a couple of them started drinking it. It was fucking good. I haven't gone since, unfortunately. Let's make a badass clamato, man, with like some lemon, some fucking Worcester sauce. <laughs> sounds, yeah, it sounds better than whatever I try to say. Yeah, all that <laughs> other shit. Um, it's fucking good, dude. Even without like the alcohol in it, like I, I'm down to just have one like that. Like I've had it before. Throw a little Tabasco in there for the spice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's re- no, I went to like a, some bar in Houston. They had like a, a Michela bar. Just go and make your own Michela. They had like fucking pork, uh, bacon, a bunch of fruits. Okay, that's vegetables. crazy. Shit. They had like a bunch that's of crazy shit. shit. You could just toss everything in your Michela. And the thing is, it looks, nice it looks chorro later, dude, dude, but it's because it looks so fucking good. Like, I, I admire how it looks. Like, it does look like it's refreshing, the flavor, and then it all the It looks good. They make it look good. But I just... So like, it looks so good. I haven't tried it, but I would love to just pour some over some ceviche. Oh. Dude, uh, Escobar, they, they have they the, ceviche the ceviche, right? It's like fucking top-notch, man. Yeah, try it, man. Pull up. Yeah. It's on uh, right where On The Rocks is. On, you know, that little uh, walkway that, or it's right tangible there. parkway? Yeah. Tangent... Ten, Tatangelo Tantan Carmangelo. Something like that. Yeah, yeah definitely that sounds Carmen about Jello. right. Tantangelo. It's right. Tangelo. Isn't it Tangelo? Who knows? Who cares? Just go. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on Tiger Steen Avenue. So yeah. Whatever. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to Escobar like twice. And it was crazy because it was like on a Friday, Saturday night and everybody was drinking. I saw people eating ceviche. I'm like... I can bring you all snacks in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like it's. I think it's called Escobar Ceviche and Tapas. Or something yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I found out after the fact. It was, I think it was the first time. I think I was there for the bar crawl for mm. St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's Day. I was like uh, Thanksgiving, but there was no, one also St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, dude, I had a fucking blast downtown. I love that Laredo downtown, uh, like. Nightlife is growing there. It's it was. I had a fucking blast. It was just me and one coworker. It's, that's how we started it out, and it just we just started meeting people. We're like, hey, y'all doing the buckrow? Yeah, let's link up. Where'd y'all start at? Like, where? What's the path? So, um, we started at the tech room. Actually, the tech room, the the restaurant, and we. I mean, it was actually. Well, we walked in and we're like, we're here for the for the for the bar crawl. They're like, oh, okay. What would you like to drink? I'm like, oh, I thought y'all had like specials just for this evening. And they're like, no, but we got like some drink specials in general. We're like, oh, fuck it. So we started drinking there. I think my first drink of the night was a fucking gin martini. And I'm like, oh, this is good, whatever. But then as I walked out, I'm like, I should not do that for the rest of the day. Yeah, you be fucking Man. hammered. <laughs> I, I we made uh, fourteen stops, fourteen. Holy shit! What? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That's fucking badass. Um, so then we went from the tech room to the Saragossa Grill, which is the one in La Posada. So we got a drink there, and then we went down the down the street, and they had like a patio that they organized for the 
Irish uh, for the St. Patrick's event. They had like live music. They had a bar, and so we went in there. And then from there we went to Siete Banderas. From Siete Banderas we went to House of Whiskey. House of Whiskey. We went to House of Whiskey, and then we went to On the Rocks. When we were on the rocks, it was just me and my coworker. I had when I was at Siete, I hit up my cousin like, "Hey, bro, we're gonna fucking bar crawl. It's gonna be fucking fun." I didn't know if it really was going to be, but it turned out it was. But yeah, I told him, hey, pull up, man, let's go. He's like, all right, I'm on my way. He picked us up. We went to we went to Cultura, started carving up because we were going to keep drinking the entire night. So we drank, got a drink there, carved up, and then we went back to Escobar. No, we went to, yeah, Escobar. So when we stayed at Escobar for a while, then my friends, I linked up with my cousin. We're at Cultura. We linked up with three other people. Uh, we made great friends at night, and then they went to Siete Bandera. Then they went to House of Whiskey, caught up with us at Escobar, and then we kept going down the down, down the down it it street. It yeah. street, yeah. Do you know what I was? When we, uh, I don't mean to interrupt your story. I'm sorry. No, but like, no go ahead. Fucking, um, I felt like I was street, going on. Yeah, on, on it street. I remember when they were trying to like come up with the, the thing. I was like, you know, what would be fucking dope if the, on the cross the street from Siete Banderas where that parking lot is, mm-hmm. they just did like a giant mural of like Pennywise. Like you know, just because it's it street, <laughs> it's kind of like be, just peeking out like that. That'd be and fucking like, dude, dope. That would be fucking bad. It's like this is it street, it's boy. Street. Dude, What's that, up? That'd be cool. We need to get in contact with local artists who do For graffiti, real. man, and approve it. I'm not saying it. Get it approved, yeah. yeah I mean, of course. I'm sure that it will. I, mean, I, I don't a friend of mine from Monterrey who does like graffiti. He's, he's been around Laredo and he's gone to Austin for like graffiti art. What's his tag name? A sailor. Oh, okay. Never mind. I had, I, fuck. No, never mind. Sailor. He's a fucking funny-ass cat. Dude. Sailor Moon? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It's a sailor. Like, he actually, he has, like, I've always looked at, he has this one video where he was, like, ex, like, what do you call it? They had, like, a, it was a whole, like, 10-minute video just about him wearing a mask, like, putting on, like, a show, like, for the video while he did, like, a, his, his art. And it was fucking crazy because he was wearing like some random ass crazy mask, like a, I think it was like a, um, a rabbit mask. Oh shit! And it was the video. There's like some background. It was a badass, a badass video. Fucking Donnie Darko shit. Yeah, something like along those lines or something. But it was a fucking badass video, and and it showed his work. It showed him his character, and I thought it was like a great like development of like a time two, lapse. Uh, like a time lapse, like a time lapse, but more. Um, um, what I'm the word I'm trying to go for is like, like an it, expose, or exactly something? like okay. expose of him, like presenting him to like the the rest of the world in terms Flex. of what, he, yeah, flexing what he's available, what he is Hard about flex. in the community <laughs> of graffiti. That's about us, but yeah, that that'd be a fucking great idea. Do it next to that wall, right? Because it's like right when you turn into Iturbide, it's the first thing you see the wall of that fucking little parking lot. That's right. That's the wall next to like House of Whiskey, right? I think. Well, because it's like literally set the banderas, and then across the street, there's a little parking lot for them. Oh, no. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah, you're talking. Like right you're at the very about. entrance. Okay, okay. Then, you know, I was thinking like, a bit, like half a block down, there's like uh, another. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking about. No, but yeah, you're right. That particular spot would be perfect because that's where pretty much everybody pulls over. Uh, and it's a giant them. white fucking mm-hmm. blank piece, dude. Yeah, it should be, be done. It, it would be super badass. I have a friend of mine uh, that I, I met actually through like the podcast. Uh, he's he's a an artist. When I say artist, it's funny because like I say it, and then I think like that could mean anything, like a musician, yeah. all this other shit. But I mean, like literally, like a he does uh, paintings and all that. Oh, okay. And he recently had a an art exhibit 
and um, you can follow his Instagram page Ozotso O Z O T S O. Yeah, I saw his I saw his episode here. Dude, and and his artwork is fucking badass. It's like Japanese inspired and shit, and it's fucking legit. Like I want to buy one of the pieces, but I like I was like fuck, I don't have enough money to pay you for what it's <laughs> worth because it's fucking legit. Yeah. I want to put something up from him, but it, it's fucking awesome, dude. It's like he has a one of the main pieces. If you go to his Instagram, like for people that are watching, go to go check it out. And I think it's Ozoto TX, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, whatever. But check it out. It, it, it Like, the first one that he posted from that exhibit is, like, a, a like a poster. Did you, ever, did you guys ever hear about that uh, that anime Akira or Akira? Yeah. Okay, so he did, like, a... You know how they had, like, the thing for the promotion thing? I said, like, Akira and then, like, a bunch of whatever. He did that on a canvas. Uh-huh. And it looks fucking super sick, dude. I was That's like, cool. I fucking want that. Easily worth like thousands of dollars, I would say. Like I was like, fuck, I don't have that money to pay you, but <laughs> like, give, give me a, a small print version of it. I'll right. put it up. Yeah, support you spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I had if I had that type of bank to throw around, for, for sure, be like here. Yeah, save that one for me. Is it for real, man. I I mean we and it's and it's awesome to have like the local artists, like because we talk about this all the time. How you have like so many of the local artist community on here, and it's it's great because, like I know I wanted to. to learn more about the local community, local artists. Like when I found out about you, how your, your brothers, the, the Dos Leones, I, th- I mentioned to you that my cousin is in a group. I forgot the name of my, my cousin's group. That sounds kind of like I'm a group, right? <laughs> like I'm, a, I'm the asshole here. But um, Heinous, H-A-N-U-S, Heinous. So, Hanus, Hanus, yeah. yeah that, so like I, I've gone to see him once. He performed at the the records where they sold the use the records. Oh, uh, second chance. Second chance. Yeah, I went to go see him uh, once there. Um, they took some type of hiatus. Now they're back, so I do want to be able to. I, I say a lot of things now, like I'm planning to do, do all like, the things. Motherfucker, you moving to Austin? Like, son. Yeah, what are you exactly. talking about? Like I'm not about to move to yeah. Austin, but it, it's fun though because like when I started watching your podcast, uh, I started knowing more about local artists and the, the artist community. I think the my previous exposure before this had been like the um, the border slam. Oh yeah, the poetry border slam. Yeah, and, and we actually had a uh, the 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 founder Julia Orduña. She was on one of the episodes that mm-hmm. that episode went super deep. It was unfortunately it was prior to our when we started doing the whole video platform okay. or video for the podcast. But that episode was crazy, man. It was it was pretty deep and. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite episodes, and if you go back to it, I, I forgot what number it is because we're we're close to hitting episode 100, dude. But I think this is uh, 98 or 97. Yeah, we're almost 100, dude. Oh, for real, be. real, yeah. We should have postponed it. <laughs> like, nah, wait, uh, when, when it's episode 100, like, that's uh, a <laughs> 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 nah, and I'm I'm thinking about collabing with like a, of some people here to make it like a, a little bit of an event. Uh, I, I spoke to Chris from Cultura, but just very like in passing or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. nothing set in stone just yet. But for sure. Yeah. But he was like, "Yeah, man, let's link up or whatever." And plus, I have this uh, this new thing that I'm trying out, where uh, it's called uh, Fourth Dimension Fridays, and it's once every Friday of the month, the first Friday of every month, a live podcast with it's like a very much so a conspiracy based podcast, but every different episode of it is like a different conspiracy theory, right? So this the first one is going to be on uh, Friday, June seventh, at Boogaloo, from oh, nice. eight yeah eight p.m. to eleven p.m. And uh, so it's going to be like the live podcast. We're going to have like some, you know, free adult beverages for everyone that's of age and everything. So that's going to be going on. And if, you know, depending on the success of it, which so far I haven't really pushed it too much as far I'm 
the uh, as far as like the uh, put, putting it out there or everything, it's been very much so based on like the social media. That's mm-hmm. the, the driving factor as of right now. So um, you know these these last couple of weeks as we get closer, I'm gonna start putting it a little bit more out there like in other forms like traditional and see how yeah. uh, how how far I can extend the reach. But if it, if it gets a good turnout, which hopefully it will, I'll, I'm trying to make it like a monthly thing on the first Fridays of every month just to have like another thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. let's fucking go do that. Like, yeah, stay busy living yeah. or stay busy dying. Yeah, man, I, I love like, I, I love that you're doing that. Like don't, going out there and trying to do more because I mean, pe- people love talking about conspiracies. People like love talking about art. There's yeah. every you're be able to hit all these different aspects of what people enjoy hearing. And if I were if I were moving to Austin, I'd definitely be there at the live podcast because isn't that something different too? That you know, being able to have that live audience, like kind of like a night show, pretty much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that'd be fucking badass. So if you're not doing anything and you're listening right now, just uh, check that shit out. It's on our Facebook page and everything. And uh, like I mentioned, this first one, I want to make it free. Eventually, maybe you know, there might be like a an entry fee, maybe like two, three bucks, nothing crazy, but yeah. just uh, just to you know, test the waters and see what yeah. the the reception is on that and, and hopefully we get a good turnout just so we can keep that shit going but uh it's been getting pretty good feedback as far as like the and it's been strictly only through facebook that i've mm-hmm. and and if you if for those that are listening like, i've been plugging it on the past couple of shows but i don't know man it, it's pretty exciting it's pretty scary at yeah. the same time <laughs> yeah. so i don't know it'll it'll be interesting to say the least and, and super huge shout out to bulu man for agreeing to let me do it there uh, they were they were the first option that I had just because I felt like they have. Have you ever been to Boogaloo? Yes, actually, I have. Have you been to Boogaloo? Yeah, dude, the fucking it's such a nice venue. Like yeah. it's it the, it's so aesthetically pleasing. Like it's mm-hmm. the wood. It feels so like I don't know. Like it just has like a, a nice vibe to it. And uh, the show itself, we're we're gonna be in the uh, secondary room. So like we for those that have been, when you go up the stairs, it's gonna be the first room to the right, okay. right there. As to the second, we're gonna be using that space to. Hopefully it get packed. It gets packed out to we're like fuck. We're gonna have to use the main room. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, I'm I'm aiming for that. But as on this first, um, the the lineup is like the podcast starts at eight. Um, it runs all the way to like right before ten, and then from like nine fifty to eleven is the musical performances. And I'll be featuring local music acts. This first one, uh, it's a little bit of a mix of different genres. We have uh, Jay Zilla. Or, or JV, he's a hip hop artist from Laredo. Um, we have Innocent Android, just a little bit more like a punk type, I guess you can call it. Punk pop, pop punk, maybe I don't know. I might be classifying it wrong. I'm sorry, Innocent Android, if you, <laughs> if you hate me for that. And my then, bad, um, bad. yeah, and then we're gonna end the night with Dos Leones and oh, capping nice. it off. So Dope. that's the first one. And then, yeah, I, I haven't come up with the the uh, the main topic yet. So. I was about to ask, like, what's going to be your, yeah. your point of conversation? That I don't night? know. So, so the, the premise of it, besides, like, that format specifically, it'll be, like, a panel of people. So I'll obviously be hosting it. And I want to have, like, maybe three to four other people on the panel. Um, and so far, as of right now, the lineup for the panel is, like, Gabe Rodriguez from Por Vida, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Castillo, Digital Jeff, and Rick Matamoros. If you've, if you've heard him on my podcast, that motherfucker is super-duper just smart like crazy smart 
and um, I'm trying to get one of the artists from the X to be on the panel oh, as well. Okay. And if not, we'll just stick to the four. But uh, yeah, like it'll be. I want to have like a rotating panel. I mean, you know, like people that are down and want to like just talk some crazy shit. And I saw your eyes light up when <laughs> I mentioned this. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's just so easy to go down that rabbit hole on YouTube. Oh, For real, yeah, dude. We can, it all. We can video that shit, bro. Like you go. There, like I've been up to like three or four in the morning. I'm like, I just need to keep, I need to keep engulfing myself in this information. I'm too scared to go to sleep Dude, now. There's right. no turn, there's no turning back now, what baby. Else are they hiding from me? Dude, I need to fucking real. learn. I need to prepare myself. What I do, I remember for me, like it really started back and in, in high school. I graduated in 2011, but around that time, it was like, uh, I guess YouTube was still relatively new. It probably like been only like five or six years since it was around. Mm-hmm. So like, the continent it was very. People weren't making that YouTube money. Like no, they definitely before. weren't. But they were yeah. still putting up like crazy content. And the big, I remember the biggest thing then was like the the Illuminati and all that shit. And yeah, it, oh, yeah. yeah that was uh, dude going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah man, <laughs> crazy. Finding out all the presidents with like all this the linking between. Oh everything. yeah, dude. Yeah, they're like all fucking like third, fourth, fifth cousins. Like what the fuck is going on, man? It's so crazy. And I recently, I don't know how real this is. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm subscribed to this channel. It's called Nukes Top 5, and they just have, like, a bunch of different... I think, like, every week he'll post, like, a new shit, like, Top 5 this, Top 5 that. But it's mostly, like, paranormal or scary conspiracy yeah. shit. There's one from one of the most recent posts where it's, like, a video in Russia of... Mm-hmm. They have, like, this huge... Um, it's, uh, like, imagine, like, just a, a party or, like, a... Fuck a fundraiser, I guess. Like yeah. so, a bunch of rich politicians, all this crazy mm-hmm. shit. And as the band's performing, the lights go out. And when the lights go out, like a lot of fucking random people in the crowd, like their eyes are glowing in the in the shot of the camera. Like, have you ever seen the movie They Live? I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah. Please watch that movie. It's fucking good. It's an old movie. Fucking Rowdy Roddy Piper comes out and shit. It's like the eighty. It's an eighties movie from John yeah, Carpenter. Like that names is yeah. Old, right? yeah. <laughs> throwing way back for <laughs> real, for real, dude. Fucking. But anyway, so like in the video, uh, I'll post it. I'll post it in the show notes for the, everyone listening. It, it's like it's crazy because not only fr- like the the camera people from the band, but like other people in the crowd are like recording with their phones and the lights go out, dude, and you see clearly like some of these people like their eyes like shine back like a cat would or yeah. like a dog like when you shine light against them or whatever. And everyone freaked out and they're like, "What the fuck?" And the they talked to the the uh, the front man of the band and he gets interviewed after that and he was like, "Now nah, after we saw that shit, there was like so many glowing eyes in the crowd. We were like, fuck that.' And we just like stopped playing and left. Like we jetted." When after the fuck that. did this happen? It, fairly recently, it was in Russia. <sighs> yeah, that's creepy. Dude, I'm dude, gonna I, sleep I, tonight. I'm gonna be like, trying to look that reptilians, up. dude. Yeah, have yeah, you gone down that rapid hole? Yeah. Oh my Reptil- god, the shapeshifters. Dude. I just saw a video like on somebody shared it on. On Facebook, and it was just like just recording a random like politician or something, and like their eye just like closes, or like the pupil closes individually from the eyelid. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, some creepy shit, dude. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just scary. I remember, uh, like, I think when it was the Ant Man and the Wasp, the second one, Ant Man and the Wasp is the second one, right? Yeah. There's a scene where the little girl, her eyes do some weird shit. And I saw it with my homie at the theater, not even, not even anywhere else. Like we saw it at the theater, and I was like, "Did you fucking see that, or was that me? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, and like, am I drunk or what's going on? Like, what the fuck was that?" But it, 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 I don't know, some weird shit. And so many videos of like the the news ones do. Those are the ones that get me, where they're just like that, and then like their face is like, 
like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. That's so weird, but... Uh, I don't know, goddamn. man. I've, dude, every, anytime I read... I re, I like reading a lot, so I'm always, like, trying to... What's new? Like what's, But, like, the whole conspiracy theories, like, the reptilian ones is just fucking insane. Of course, some people are... They are grew out a little bit too, yeah, a little yeah, bit too like, much. Yeah, they get really into it, and you're like... You had me for the first half of that, but uh, <laughs> you had me. These the first thirty minutes of your video were super yeah, interesting. Yeah. After that, you just went downhill. Have you ever heard of David Ike? No. Okay, no, look, I'll I'll let y'all fucking you know if you, whenever you have the time or if you're bored, just go down that rabbit hole and it's fucking fucking crazy. Another one in like the whole reptilian relation thing, uh, you know the uh, the lead singer from Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan. I've, I mean, never heard of him. You know, okay, yeah. you know who he is, right? So. He was on JRE like a year and a half ago, more or less. And uh, Rogan calls him out. He's like, dude, so like there's a story that you shared on Howard Stern about like you you witnessed someone like shapeshift or whatever. And he was like, tell me about that. And Billy's like, yeah, well, I was talking to someone. One second, they're like a normal looking person, human. And then they were not. And he just says it like that. And then Rogan's like fuck you mean they were not like, <laughs> elaborate yeah. and, he, and he was like nah like I, I don't even want to talk about it but it, it's going to be in my book like if you, if you guys really want to know about it like read it but and I, so I, I looked a little bit further inside I was like what the fuck so if you didn't talk about it there let, like, let me look up the Howard Stern one mm-hmm. and like he doesn't really even go into it any much in any more detail than he did with, with Rogan but he essentially says that he's like like, I know how it sounds, and I, I don't really like talking about it because, like, I feel like people are going to be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you're crazy. But I was literally, like, talking to someone and the, in front of, like, face-to-face, and then they all of a sudden they weren't human, and I was like, what the fuck? And they are like, yeah. That's fucking crazy, <laughs> I'm dude. like, what? Like, you don't just say that. Like, <laughs> with, It's because, so the thing about that is, like, that you always hear about, like, the real things that some people talk about gets clouded by yeah. all the other people just throwing shit against the wall against fans trying to see if something sticks but when you have something like you would consider credible who was not like what would be considered crazy someone who's famous who's known who has yeah, nothing like what to the, gain yeah from exactly it. like why would he even tell that story yeah why like, would he make already, shit like that up like, yeah he owns the WWE and shit or whatever like so he has like, everything to lose yeah, yeah he, exactly he has yeah. everything to lose he, he should be afraid of doing talking about things like that but he's not so like Man, <laughs> I don't know, man. Just creepy shit. So, going back to like what this first one might be about. So, there's a couple of topics that we've been throwing around, uh, and I'm planning on meeting tomorrow with some of the people from the panel and just mm-hmm. to spitball some shit. But we're looking. One of the things that I, I kind of want to get into is like death cults, like Mexican death cults or whatever, like La Santa Muerte oh, okay. and all that type of shit. That'd and then, cool. yeah, yeah, and, and or, or and, like the the whole Aztec rituals and all that, okay. just to kind of explore that topic, right? And, that's just one thing. I don't know. And originally, it was supposed to launch on the weekend of Cinco de Mayo. So I was going to go into, in that route either way, yeah. but more so just focused on like the uh, the origins of like the, the Mayans and the Aztecs, which they they come from this uh, previous civilization called the Olmecs. And that's just what people call them. That's not really like what they were known as yeah. in their time. But they just vanished. Mm-hmm. Like They were there all of a sudden. They had like fucking statues, cities, and everything, and then they just disappeared. And the Aztecs and the Mayans just moved into like their structures. They took over. Yeah, but like, like one of those uh, vanishing civilizations type of deal. Like, That's what were they doing that they got outed? 
I don't know, man. And, and a lot of it, uh, a lot of new science is coming out with like, uh, well, back in the 90s, like mid 90s, there was a, a discovery of this megalithic site in Turkey known as, it's called Gobekli Tepe. And it's dated to around the time where supposedly as in, in our classical timeline or whatever, humans are supposed to be like hunter gatherers. Mm-hmm. So like that Neanderthal era type of deal. A little bit after that, like we're uh, mo- mostly just, um, I think like, well, Neanderthal is like a, a different subset of like the homo sapien, but mm-hmm. we're already humans like, or the current version of ourselves, of, of ourselves, like as a species, yeah. but we're not supposed to, I mean, as far as like the classical timeline or the, the, mainstream timeline is accepted like humans weren't at that time they should not have had the capabilities for like agriculture or um you know let alone like constructing a megalithic site right because that would that would imply that you have to have like a societal structure and everything and a lot of organization yeah yeah and and they date that back to around the end of the last ice age and a lot of uh, a lot of science behind this theory where it really starts with uh when they a couple of uh, archae- no, geologists, archaeologists, I think it's geologists, uh, Dr. Robert Schock and uh, John Anthony West, they go to the Sphinx and they're like, nah, the Sphinx is actually like really fucking old. It has water erosion. Yeah. So the last time that there was water, like, in, like in, in the amount to be able to erode the Sphinx, right, or the encasing of the Sphinx was like fucking 20,000 years ago, which is like... Doesn't Again, we're not supposed to be able to do that shit, right? Yeah. So I don't know. That shouldn't have been around at that time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It, we didn't have the the ability to do that, and and so yeah, like uh, um, the, the 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 whole idea behind that is that there was like a lost chapter of our timeline because around that time th- uh, there was a a weird amount of like global cataclysms that had happened. Mm-hmm. One of the theories, Dr. Robert Shock is that there was a crazy solar event that triggered like a fucking magnetic pole reversal and uh, just imagine lightning storms, but the way that rain falls, like in that amount, lightning strikes all over the planet. Like Damn. that amount. That's what you read about this? I, um, I heard it mostly from Jerry. Actually, he's Dr. Robert Schott was, was on one of the most recent episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And um, I haven't gotten my hands on any of his literature just yet, but from... I initially started with, I randomly found this book by Graham Hancock in some Barnes and Noble in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And he's also like a proponent of that type of idea where there's like a forgotten timeline of, of uh, human, human civilization because of a global cataclysm that wiped out that version of society. And there's like evidence to hold that up now because of like these uh, megalithic findings and, more evidence across the planet of like a, a cataclysm, whether it be that, that coincides with the time yeah, and the time exactly, exactly. You said so. the monolithic cities in in Turkey, Turkey, yeah. And then it might coincide. It relates to the. Um, it, it relates to when the polar ice caps started melting at the end of the last ice age. Uh, it's a period known as like the Younger Dryas, somewhere between like eleven to twelve thousand years ago, hmm. and the dating of like when that site was constructed is around that time. Damn. So it's fucking deep, bro. Dude, it's fucking super crazy. I'm not like, I like reading about crazy shit, like just trying to like get information. I mean, I've never heard about this, so it's I mean, it's fucking it's ridiculous because that's from the mid nineties, that discovery. Yeah. And it's not talked about. It's like, oh, whatever. Right? Yeah. Just, no. And and if you listen to them, like I I would go back to those episodes of JRE for those of y'all that haven't, there's 
the Dr. Robert Shock. That's one of them. It was fairly recent, probably like a couple of months ago. Graham Hancock was on like was on like about a month ago, talking about his the new book that he's putting out. And then uh, previous to that, like a couple years back, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlyle. And, and Randall Carlyle is like a, also a geologist. So he's like these are fucking accredited people. Yeah. That um, are looking at you know human history in like a different sense, but. Insane. It just I, I, for me, I feel like it's fucking important because it just changes like what, you know, what is where we were, what we came from, and where we're going to. So yeah, I have always felt that we've been giving we've been given less credit as human beings just because of like the industrial revolution mm-hmm. and how we we think like that's where it all happened, where we became smart or like we became a civilization, whatever. But I'm I'm more than sure there was like stuff that we don't know. I mean, I mean like yeah, like te- technically speaking, like we've been. This and this version of human, like the our anatomy, has been this way for about two hundred fifty thousand years, right? So, like, we've had the mental capacity to yeah. be able to uh, accelerate to and where it, we are it, right it, now it's, for two hundred fifty thousand years. It's insane to assume that it only just happened. It don't, we're only we were only smart enough to change the world in the last 50 100 years though. and if yeah. you look at the amount that we've changed it within the last 50 years it's like fucking super ridiculously exponential like yeah it is what the fuck yeah so then, and then that goes with like the the non-credibility of humans because you'll you'll go back to like these uh civilizations that they're implementing these mathematics and science and all this stuff but they're like they'll automatically go to like oh they were being held by another force or something Alien. Like an exterior force, yeah. Type, type of the, ancient the astronaut theory. But, yeah. It's just like not, they're not given the credit that they deserve because, you know, we've been, like you said, we've had this model for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. But, like, I mean, we've had the capability of doing it. Like, you know, of course, maybe they they did something with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, another weird thing about that, and this is just, is I normally go down several different rabbit holes, but uh, 90% of the DNA that makes up a human is traceable to common ancestors that are found on this planet. The remaining 10% of our DNA doesn't come from anything on this planet. Damn, I've never heard of that either. Yeah. They call, it, they call it like junk DNA, but okay. they really just mean that it's, yeah. it's not traceable it's, to any common ancestor. It's not accountable. Ancestor. Yeah. You can't really yeah. like they, they trace they, it yeah. back. That's, yeah, that's actually something I was learning like towards the latter part of uh, school. It's, uh, they've only really gotten down certain functions of certain like genes and like sequences that they know that that's what does that and everything else like you said is junk dna but um junk just because we still have we still don't know what it is or like what it's for you know mm-hmm. like what it alters in our system or we haven't really figured it out yeah because there's not a lot like it's it's booming right now genetics and like we do, in the next 50 years like you know something's gonna happen crazy yeah like we've crispr has been around for like 10 yeah. 15 years already and it's 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 already pretty creepy already, what you can do it's already been in use in like do, yeah. china or something like that yep. they're going against like ethical things that they're yeah, doing you know, fuck we're china yeah, yeah of course <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so um, it, it can get pretty crazy, but yeah. but anyways, like all of these. Uh, Are you talking about the gene altering, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like a, uh, I guess changing certain traits and stuff. Yeah, like or, or fucking emphasizing certain traits versus others and what yeah. have you, which I mean, like theoretically can be helpful, but then like we're the you ethical, know, the yeah. ethical line is blurred there because. It goes back to like we enter that level. Yeah, like are we allowed? Should we be allowed to do that? But I mean, like, where does the law like start? Yeah, and and like who who is the law? Who is to decide what can 
and what should and shouldn't be done. Because then if you already have like the the capability of altering your genetic code, which I mean that's you know that's like how radiation cancer works. You know, just start like dismantling your DNA. Uh, like if you have that knowledge out in the public, then that's susceptible to get into you know like the wrong hands and you know definitely you, you know it's who's to stop somebody from getting that knowledge 50 years down the road and use using it for like you know something harmful for the wrong motherfucking reason well yeah dude and use it like it becomes a new type of war just the way a everything new method is, of war and genetic warfare war. yeah exactly yeah exactly. imagine like being able to plant a gene in a different country that the u.s china doesn't like and this gene is just gonna or plant a gene in your main crop that you all use and then later down the road it goes on to you or create a company that removes the seeds out of fucking plants and vegetables so that you can't make your own and they're the only ones that have the seeds oh wait Pandit. that's already real yeah oh it's, it's yeah. kind of controller yeah <laughs> that's called monsanto monsanto dude, genetically sure. modified crops and so yeah i mean and and the reason why um all of these topics again will probably be subjects of like subsequent podcasts with the fourth dimension fridays uh just to kind of you know, give people a wider view on life and break yeah. out of the fucking matrix that we live in. That's, Dude, yeah. that's awesome. Aren't they making a matrix or something? Or was that just in my dream? Like a movie or like a legitimate matrix? I think. No, like a movie. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I haven't seen that video. Right? I was like, well, party. technically, yeah, yeah, you know, they're going to be start uploading your consciousness to the, what, to the cloud and next thing you know, we, that already happened previously and this is that version of life. They're already taking your DNA for all those people doing the 23andMe. <laughs> the fucking, you heard it first on that one show, American Horror Story. Dude. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's like, and I think what I was going to mention earlier at one point, I'm like, but it's, it's, it's crazy that when you find out that you don't know so much. Mm. Like it's, there's no, there's so much we don't know. We don't know. It's like a double layered, like. You can think about the things like, oh, I don't know about that, and you you uh, you accept that because you know that exists, like that topic, that uh, that group, the the existence of craft brew, home brews, existence of sports people that play certain sports. But then you think about that's only what I do know. It's like imagine all the different types of niche groups of or information technology and mm-hmm. that I have no idea that it even exists. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's scary. It's fucking scary, but we gotta make do. It's scary only because humans have it. Humans not, na- not, what is it? It's like naivety is bliss. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sometimes the less you know, the better. But but I mean, I, I don't know. Like it's but for the people that like living. It it gets really crazy, dude. And I've. Uh, Along well, Rick. When I met Rick, I was like super blown, like blown away by just the amount of different shit that he knows, and like from the background that I've you know I've gotten to know him. Um, he, he's like a, a biochemist for the government for a while or some shit like that. Fuck it. Okay, so that's already like one level of craziness, right? Yeah. And um, every now and then he'll just send me a message like, "Yo, Josh, check this shit out," and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> do I do I want to click this link or not? Like, am I ready am for I this shit? Now? Yeah, <laughs> for real, dude. Yeah. For real. But uh, one of, one of the biggest things that like is is uh, I feel like people don't pay attention to is 
the couple of times that Alex Jones has been on JRE, and I keep bringing up JRE because I feel like that's the biggest fucking platform of our time right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of shit goes down on that. And the couple of times that Alex Jones has been on JRE, they literally fact-checked this motherfucker as he's speaking, and everything he's saying is true. Like, what the fuck? That's, yeah. what, that's why I'm like, I don't understand how... I, I get it. Like he's he's a bit of a fucking character. He's yeah. very loud. He says he does say crazy shit. But if you go back to those two episodes, nine eleven, and then the most recent one that he had, holy shit! Like he was like, yeah, dude, fucking China's been making chimeras and all this other shit. Check this shit out, yeah. MIT, all this other shit. And then they literally put it up and like, yeah, they were doing like pig human hybrids back in the sixties or some stupid yeah. shit like that. Like what the fuck? I, he was also saying that in the um, Joe Rogan. Uh, but yeah, and they were fact checking him, and everything was like correct. Yeah, because he was like almost. He was like his dad or something was like all up part. Of, that. Yeah, he was part of. He was like some sort of like spook or some shit, like part of the government. So he, since he was a kid, he was around all that type of shit, and and he he does again. He does go off the rails and add like his own twist into it. At yeah, the higher he gets, literally, yeah, he get high on the show. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the, the like a lot of the the shit that he talks about is. You know, they fact check him. He was the one to expose the whole Bohemian Grove thing. If, let's not forget about that. He was literally the person that snuck onto that place where ex fucking presidents, heads of like giant companies, they all go and perform like this crazy ritual mock sacrifice thing to a giant um, effigy of of an owl, the 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 old god Moloch. Like this is real. Yeah, I've never and heard of that for real. The Bohemian no. Grove, bro. I'm, like dude, the I'm real Illuminati. Taking a lot of mental notes about shit that I need to fucking research because it's I do not want to get blindsided like this ever again. <laughs> no, yeah, man. And who Alex Jones was the one that uncovered all that shit, and, and like he was. Oh, I don't know. He's always been like, I, I again, I get it. He's a fucking character, mm-hmm. really crazy. Him. Yeah, like yeah, that. but that's a thing. Like when they go on these different tangents, people like to latch on to. He was wrong about this. So I mean, like. Yeah, but all of that is what he does end up being true. Like you should focus on that, uh, focus on that a lot more rather than just trying like to discredit him. Yeah, versus like the whole timeline that he's describing. Is exactly. Yeah, that's insane. And, and I don't know. That was crazy and was scary. And and to me, honestly, like I've been a fan of the Joe Rogan experience for a while. And when I started listening to it. He was barely like on episode like six hundred or something, like that. and right now he's like on episode a thousand two hundred. Yeah, and it's, it's been like three four years already that I've started listening to it, and I've noticed one of the weird things that happened around when he hit like episode a thousand or so, like after the first Alex uh, Alex Jones episode. Silenced or what? I don't know, bro. Different, super it was different. Like he teeters over. He doesn't really like agree with anything, but he's more like just hearing you out. Yeah, 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 and. And I mean, and again, it could be it could be a couple of different things. Right? It could just be him learning more as he talks to all these people that are like you know he says they're smarter than him and everything. But one of the most interesting episodes after it's like episode a thousand some. It's with one of his good friends Duncan Trussell, and he confronts him about it. He's like, dude, like I feel like you're too big, man. Like they're gonna approach you or something if they haven't already like i don't know like we can't just keep talking about like hillary clinton and all this other shit but he he kind of says it jokingly around but if you watch the episode with like that like in that mindset he deflects a lot of that like he doesn't even like acknowledge it he's just like yeah whatever like uh, and knowing him like because you've seen his show for so long you know he's not the kind of person to deflect conversations like that he's 
he's willing to go down these fucking rabbit holes on on his on his shows on his episodes and like to have that change like you you just never know yeah like he he might have been approached and he just maybe I don't just know, for maybe his not. own good maybe like it's you never know who what they talk to you about and shit and, and the funny part is that like that that second episode that Alex Jones was back on he as he's explaining everything Rogan's like elaborates on it and he's like you see motherfucker you know all this shit why aren't you talking about it like I think um, yeah okay. I think that's the most recent one I saw yeah that's the one where he's like you see and, and Alex Jones gets pissed he's like motherfucker like you know you know more than I do or as, uh, as the same shit that I do and you never talk about it I think that's the one they made all the memes from yeah cause he was like yeah. Eddie Bravo will come choke me out or yeah oh, yeah, that one. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and it gets funny and shit but like yeah, uh, a lot of the, the topics are like, what the fuck? Dude. Yeah, they're, the way they're able to go on tangent, just because uh, JR, he has, uh, he's, or JR, uh, Joe Rogan is, he's such a fucking knowledgeable person. Holy shit, like. Yeah, people always think of him just like as a, like a. A meathead, meathead. just yeah. of his MMA back. But he holds like, up these convos with, you know, very, I guess, Fucking intelligent people, people. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking, uh, Jordan Peterson's been on there several times, so fucking. Dr. Robert Shog, fuck Graham Hancock, like uh, Gad Sad. That was the very first episode I heard was with that uh, Professor Gad Sad, and they were talking about like evolutionary psychology and shit. And that's what got me hooked, oddly enough. Yeah. <laughs> like a, with some, what sounds like a boring topic was fucking super interesting. And that that's the first episode I heard that I was like, I'm just gonna keep listening to this forever. The most recent one from that I listened to was with um, oh, but I've been thinking about the the comedian. It's um, Russell Brand. Oh yeah, yeah. I like and just like because Russell Brand himself is also quite the fucking character. But yeah, you, he is. You, he talks about how his maturity, how his life has changed, and like if we know if you've ever if you see if you had seen his previous presentations of himself, like through comedy shows, through just himself, how he's evolved and how like, Joe Rogan is able to like understand him and he's able to build such a strange like such a strong connection with his with his guests like and and a, being able to to connect with so many people of do, so many different backgrounds and so many walks of life is he's, he's, it's it's insane it's, it's it really awesome. is dude and and it's really like uh, the main reason why I even started my own podcast is like the inspiration behind Aliens on the Border is very heavily from the Joe Rogan experience because that, that was like the instigator at least for me as far as like fuck I want to like I don't know I just want to be able to not do the exact same thing obviously but be able to provide a platform because the premise of the show specifically is like two different things the, the and the first of which the primary thing is like to be able to expose the uh, the creative community that exists in the radio, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of fucking talent that goes unnoticed, yeah, whether it yeah. be like with music or um, visual artists, photography, whatever. Like, or you, with you guys, like doing the whole brewing thing. Yeah, that's I, something I that's super. There's like a handful of people that even know I do it. So yeah, it's they wouldn't even know. Exactly, and, and um, I don't know. I just want to be able to help expose most of that, and then that's the first part of what Aliens on the Border is, and then secondly is to be able to bring people outside of what is, you know, the the narrow bandwidth that we usually exist at. Like, mm-hmm. from just waking up and, like, fuck, I have to go to work and I have to fucking pay these bills and all that shit. Like, that's not really what life is. Yeah. That's just the current version of what we live in, but that's not life. Or that's what you've been fed to believe yep. is your life yep. when, in reality, one day you still something's going to wake these people up 
and realize there's more to it. There's a there's a there's a short like a short novel. I don't know who the the author is, but it's it's more like a short story. It's called Harrison Bergeron. If you if if you haven't read it, read it. It's super super short, only a couple of pages long, but that's like such a fucking badass representation or like metaphor for what currently is going on with people around the planet, mm-hmm. or at least somewhat. I was I say around the planet, but it's probably very much so applicable to the people here because we're so limited in what we can use our like mental bandwidth for. And a lot of it is consumed by the mundane, mm-hmm. right? Like having a fucking wake up and go to work and worry about like, fuck, I have to pay these bills. And then, and it neglects so much of what it is to be a human that we're worker ants now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, that short novel is Harrison Bergeron. Um, it, it's just like a perfect metaphor for breaking away from all of that. Yeah. It's fucking badass. Y'all should read it if you have the time. When you started talking about short stories like that, I think it's one that I uh, I think I read in college or high school. It's like The Lottery. Mm. Um, it's, I'm not sure if anybody recalls that, but it's uh, just a short story. But it and it like it kind of hit the notes with me when we were talking about this because we get so stuck uh, stuck on this cycle of doing things because that's all we've known up until today. Like. Being able to escape that cycle of this is all I know. This is uh, this, this is what I was born to do. Like no one was born to work to pay bills. It's it's not what it was about. It's we we didn't we we have the excuse me the capacity to be able to to explore our own. Like we have so much. Everyone has the ability to be able to have something creative. Um, not necessarily have to be art as creativity in the sense of growing spiritually mentally and being able to to have something to share and when you get stuck in that cycle of just waking up going to work yeah because that, that's your life i'll find some people where like they'll always ask you like oh like what do you like to do for fun and it's just like damn i don't even know you know like it's weird some people yeah. just answer like that yeah or or one of the the common ones in my experience has been like what are you passionate about yeah I don't know. That's like the most common answer I always get. It's like, what? Yeah, well, it's I don't know. I've never thought about it. It's like, yeah. I feel like that's a what super fucking... Po- yeah, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> What's you, all this life for then? Yeah. You, know? yeah. you only get one. Live it right. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, man. So that's... Uh, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to break some people out of the mold. Wake yeah, them up. Good. Have yeah. them swallow the... Get your viewers yeah. to to be able to, to grow, to be more... I mean, it's it's awesome. Yeah, like y'all said, like um, it's very applicable here because we do mentally, well, like traditionally walk or like think in this narrow path, and we just I, that's also a lot of what cultura does. You know, they really yeah. expose you, yeah, and they give you that like that shock, like this is how people live somewhere else. You know, like and it's cool, and people just grow like that. I like that. And you guys have it. Yeah. Anything? Um, follow follow their brewing process at. Mile zero, zero brewing. Mile, mile zero, zero brewing. brewing. Yeah, I was like, wait, mile zero. I was like, I kept saying it in my mind right now. I was yeah. like, I know, I don't want to get it wrong. Mile zero brewing. Um, yeah, aliens on the border podcast weekly, uh, June seventh, fourth dimension Fridays, first ever. Um, other podcasts coming up very soon. Uh, Be real, good set, bro. And we're going to be launching another one called Cold Crowd also. 
So keep your eyes peeled and your ears open and your brains wet, if that makes any sense. Make sure you get that CSF all up in there. <laughs> Cerebral spinal fluid. But um, <laughs> I'm going to leave you all with this little tidbit from one of my good friends, uh, Nicholas Whips. This song is called... Oh, yeah. So another part of the thing is like I like to play music at the end from like people that are from here. Uh, so, yes, yeah, this is uh, Nicholas Whips, and this song is called Brown Skin Baby. Never show up on time, eh? Owe it to the culture, made a payment. All my people fucked around and made me famous prime time. Yeah, if it makes you happy, it's okay, then. Switch sides, hope you never find the balls. That's a crime. Should've listened, should've got an education. But I didn't, I gotta make a living. Fuck my life, tryna get up on your radio station. I'ma get it, I don't got another choice. Fuck the hype. Do it big time, early bitches wanna dance. And it's been a while since you had a break from your man. Got too much to lose, but this life don't come against you. Wanna cut loose, just don't tag her on the ground. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Couldn't even take it if you had some. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Damn, baby, you could be the last one. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Couldn't even take it if you had some. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Damn, baby, you could be the last one. Shake your ass if you're trying to make it. Brown skin, baby, most hated all time. Yeah, like a bitch, so I'm getting faded. I work hard for my money and I make it all the time. I ain't fucking with these bitches, I can't take it. Cause I got an end game and I keep it on my mind, yeah. Keep it to yourself cause I don't play that. Don't be stupid cause you know we never show up on time. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Do it big time, early bitches wanna dance. And it's been a while since you had a break from your man. Got too much to lose, but this life don't come against you. Wanna cut loose, just don't tag her on the ground. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Couldn't even take it if you had some. Oh, shit, that's a bad one. Damn, baby, you could be the last one. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar. Ponte trabajar, ponte trabajar, baby.